What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And welcome back to the 12 Days of Scrubs, Day 3. Today I've got the Emo Kid Story Times for y'all. I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. If you're looking forward to it, press the like button. And if you really want to be awesome, you can check out the Karen Christmas sweater, which you can find down below. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's hop right into it. Enjoy. Very cringy emo kid story time for y'all. I know you guys love these. It's been a little bit since we've done one, so I figured I'd come back with a banger. I've got a few of them, so uh, without further ado, let's hop right into it. But press the like button or you're going to end up having an emo kid and you don't want that. Alright, so the first story that we're going to be talking about today was sent in to me by a dude who was just trying to chill in this Discord server for a particular game. And he was in this voice chat and there was this kid that was just talking about how he's so emo and he's just like the most emo kid anyone could have ever met. I love when people try to make it a competition. Oh, I'm the most emo person. Like, I, I don't know, man. I feel like someone who's truly emo and hates their life wouldn't be in a competition to be more emo than anyone else. They would just be like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. No, okay, I hate everything. Or whatever he sounded like. I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, Eeyore. And he's just complaining about literally everything. My life is so difficult. I have to do homework. I have to walk around my school. It's just so hard to be me. And obviously, everyone knows, sometimes life gets hard. Sometimes there's gonna be things that suck. Life's gonna be difficult. It comes with the territory of being alive for an extended period of time. But when life gets hard, you got two options. You can either go complain about it to a bunch of strangers that don't actually care, or, or, you can like, do something about it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your family members or your friends about it, like that's different. But I don't understand why people feel the need to just go put it on a bunch of strangers. If life sucks, you gotta do something to make it suck less. You, you gotta make a change. You gotta get hit it with the good old 360 no-scope. And it's a weird thing to be bragging about. I don't know. Like, if someone's life really sucks, I don't think they usually go around being like, Hmm, my life sucks the most suck. My life sucks so bad that it would be on the top 10 most sucky things to ever suck. I feel like if your life sucks, you don't want people to know that your life sucks. I don't think anyone would truly be running around bragging about the fact that everything's awful and like they're not happy. People who are unhappy don't want to be unhappy. I feel like actually unhappy people would love to be happy. It's just not going on for them right now. And on top of that, even after he was done complaining, if anyone else would say anything like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I'm having some issues because my teacher gave me a C and my parents aren't happy. He would always one-up literally anyone who would say anything. Like an emo one-upper. Oh yeah, you got a C? Well, I got a D and my parents tried to break my computer. So that's worse than you getting a C and getting in trouble. Just one-upping everyone for everything. Someone would be like, oh yeah, my dad got in a, a car accident and he's okay, but the car got totaled, so that's been stressful. Well, my mom got in two accidents and totaled two cars, so think about how rough that is. And I think a normal one-upper is already annoying. Someone that constantly just has to have more experience or a better thing than you. But it's really frustrating when it's about things that you're just trying to get off your chest. This person's just, my life sucks the most. It's literally the most difficult life you could ever imagine. I don't care that your family got kidnapped by a bunch of Oompa Loompas. Two of my family members got kidnapped by a bunch of Oompa Loompas. 
And then, unprovoked after all of this, he starts going on this rant about how his parents don't care about him and they just ignore him and he can't even remember the time that his mom cooked a hot meal, blah, blah, blah. The only reason I'm saying blah, blah, blah is what happens next, by the way. Usually someone venting about that I would feel bad for. But as he's going off about how his parents just hate him and don't take care of him and he just wishes people would care, you hear the door open and then in like the sweetest generic mom voice you could imagine straight out of a cartoon. Honey, dinner is ready. I made mac and cheese. I know that's your favorite. I love you. Come on down. Tell everyone on the game I say hi. And everyone in the server that was in that voice chat just starts cracking up. Because think about a more self-exposing situation. Here you are saying your parents don't care about you. You can't remember the last time they made you a meal. Your mom opens the door. Honey, I love you so much. I made your favorite food. Come on down. Kind of destroys your whole my life super difficult story. So everyone starts cracking up. And the emo kid doesn't even try to defend himself and be like, No, my mom's putting on an act because she knows I'm on Discord. All he does is just disconnect. And everybody was laughing about it, but they assumed he would be back later to like explain what had happened. They were just going to give him a hard time. But his response to this was to just leave the entire server. Probably was too ashamed to show his face. That's hilarious. You're trying to say that your mom and dad suck. Honey, come on down. We love you so much. Your father and I just want to hear about your day. Oh, bro. Maximum cringe. I don't know why you would want to be like faking being emo in a random discord server but hey some people out there just just be weird i guess all right we're gonna get into another story the one you've been waiting for the one the video's named after but before we do be sure to press the like button if you're enjoying the video so far and let's go all right so uh, the person that sent this in to me that i'm going to call dennis for the rest of this story sits at the bus stop for quite a bit in the morning it's like a little bit of a walk away from his house so he goes a little bit early just to make sure he's there on time and whenever he's there he just kind of sits on his phone and plays a game or like watches youtube while he's waiting for the bus and for the most part everyone just leaves him alone because it's pretty logical right if someone's not bugging anyone and minding their business everyone else just kind of lets them mind their business there's no reason to get involved but there was a self-proclaimed emo kid at the bus stop who was like i hate my life and i'm going to make it everyone's problem and he would just go up to random people and try to start problems with them even if you're minding your own business even if you're just trying to sit and wait for the bus like a normal human being he just was not gonna let that happen. And on this particular day, Dennis was sitting there playing some Bloons Tower Defense 6 on his phone waiting for the bus. And I can get down with some BTD6. That's a pretty good game to play if you just need something mindless to do while you're waiting for something. And I didn't realize that a lot of people have hatred for the game, and he didn't either. But he finds out people have hatred for the game when he hears someone come up behind him and be like, Ew, that's a stupid baby game for losers. And he looks back and he sees the emo kid. And Dennis is sitting there thinking to himself like, wow, that was a very awkward, uncomfortable thing to walk up and say to someone for no reason. So he just looks at the emo kid, like gives him a dirty look and just says, okay, and then looks back at his game. Which is probably the best response you could have to that. You're kind of letting them know they're annoying, but also not engaging and letting them know that it's bugging you. Not caring is the best response. Obviously, this kid had walked up to try to make a problem. There's no other reason for him to come up and say that. 
So just saying okay and going back to it bruises this dude's ego. He's over here thinking he's about to ruin everyone's morning. You don't even care enough to say more than one word back to him. And so when he looks back down at his game, the emo kid goes to like roll intimidation on Dennis like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign and says, I should beat you up for playing that game. Which is such an insane thing to say. You're just gonna walk around looking at what games people are playing, and if you don't like the game, if it's not on your short list of approved video games, you're just gonna challenge them to a duel. This is the type of guy back in the 1800s who just went everywhere with a flintlock and was like, I challenge thee to a quarrel! For no reason. It's just so absurd to fight someone because they were playing a baby game. Not even a game that was, like, really offensive to you. That would still be stupid. How is a video game offensive? But on top of that, like, come on, man. You're gonna fight someone over Bloons Tower Defense? That's gotta be the least offensive game of all time. And I didn't realize it was considered a baby game. Like, the, the graphics are cartoony, but I don't know, do people really look at things that way? Oh, you can't play LEGO Star Wars if you're over the age of eight, because it's a baby game. It's like, dude, I played LEGO Star Wars when I was a kid, so I'm still gonna play it. Sorry, pal. But Dennis wasn't gonna back down, he was just gonna use this as an opportunity to just embarrass the guy. So he looks back at him and stands up and very loudly, so the entire bus stop can hear, goes, You really want to fight me for playing Bloons Tower Defense? And the entire bus stop looks, and it wasn't the first time that this guy had just made problems with someone for no reason, so he already wasn't exactly rolling in popularity. So when people heard that he was doing something ridiculous, they all started laughing because it was just another thing to add to the list. He had tried to fight people before because they were wearing the old AirPods, and therefore, for some reason, it was disrespectful to him because he had the new ones. Always trying to fight people for just the weirdest reasons. And so when he says that and everyone laughs, he looks really dumb. And he looks around and realizes everyone's laughing at him, not with him. And so he doubles down, as you do when you're embarrassed but not realizing that the best way to get out of the embarrassment is to just back down and says, Yeah, man, let's go! Takes off his backpack and drops into a fighting stance. And Dennis, instead of, like, giving this kid what he wants and fighting him, just looks at him, laughs, and says, I'm not gonna fight you over Bloons Tower Defense, bro. And the emo kid starts getting mad and yelling at him, but he's yelling and he's so mad that he's voice cracking the entire time. He's like, you need to fight me! And Dennis is like, dude, I'm not gonna fight you over Bloons Tower Defense. Like, I, there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons to fight and this is not anywhere on the list. I think physically fighting someone over video games in general is just really dumb. Imagine someone beats you in Fortnite, so you go try to beat them. Like, that's how stupid it is. And so he's just getting angrier and yelling, and at this point, other kids from the bus stop are walking up and separating them, and Dennis is just laughing. And I think because he was so not scared, the emo kid just kept getting angrier and angrier and starts trying to, like, push past the people that are holding him back. And at that point, the bus pulls up. And the bus driver already was not the biggest fan of this emo kid because he had caused a lot of problems on the bus. So when she pulls up, sees him trying to reach over and beat up Dennis while Dennis is just standing there laughing, not even flinching, just giggling. She gets the vibe of what's going on and asks the emo kid for an explanation. And he's not even smart enough to try to say something like, oh, we were just playing or nothing, nothing, it was no big deal. He starts going off about how he wouldn't fight him, and because he wouldn't fight him, he wanted to attack him. 
And the bus driver even tries to give him a chance to change his story. They're like, are you sure that's what you want to say? And he says yes. So whatever, they take the incident report, give it to the principal. It was not the first time he had done something like this at the bus stop. So because of this, he ended up getting kicked off the bus. And he didn't even get to fight someone. Like, it's not even like he got intimidation points for it. Oh man, he really taught that guy a lesson. He now had to have his parents drive him to school every day and like could not ride the bus all because someone was laughing at him because he demanded to fight over something dumb. Imagine having to tell people like, oh yeah, I actually got kicked off the bus for a while because I wanted to beat somebody up over Bloons Tower Defense. Any video game would be stupid to get kicked off the bus for, but it's especially funny that he got so angry about the balloon game. Like, that's so absurd. Oh man, you know how angry those balloons can get you? They're rubber, full of air or helium? I hate those things. It's why I got kicked off the bus, actually. From henceforth, every time he sees a balloon animal, he has like an inhuman urge to run up to it and poke it with a needle. He just goes full Disney villain. I don't know. It's just funny that he didn't even get to fight the guy. Like all that freaking out, getting kicked off the bus to have somebody laugh in your face. And I'm gonna give kudos to Dennis. It probably is hard to control yourself when someone's like being that ridiculous, but I think laughing at him really was the best course of action. He didn't get in any trouble and he embarrassed him. Like that's kind of a double dub and he didn't really have to do anything. It's not like he had to freak out back. He didn't have to get suspended from the bus. Giggling is probably the best thing to do in that situation. How diffusing, like you're trying to fight someone. Imagine you're trying to get someone angry enough to fight you and they just keep giggling in your face, bruh. That has to be an ego check that no one is prepared for. All right, and I've got one more embarrassing emo kid story, but before we go into it, be sure to comment the word emo kid down below. Otherwise, you will be visited by the four horsemen of the emo kid apocalypse, and uh, they're all really cringe, real cringe. Okay, so the person who sent this in to me was at the skate park, and everyone was kind of minding their own business, but there was one emo kid who was wearing a shirt that was like, it's cool to be emo, which is pretty cringe. But whatever, he was kind of hogging this like small box near the entrance of the park. He just had it to himself. He didn't really want anyone else skating on it, so everyone just kind of let him be. That's not really how it's supposed to work at the skate park, but at the same time, if it's not crazy crowded, like whatever. So everyone was just kind of skating other obstacles, and for an hour, he's just skating it over and over and over again. And finally, he goes over to where his backpack is. Picks it up, goes back over, picks up his wax, which is what you use to like get the surface better to grind on. Throws that in his backpack and leaves. And obviously, even if you're not a skater, you would think, oh, he's not coming back. But if you skate, it's weird to grab your backpack, take all your stuff and leave the skate park and think anyone's going to expect you to come back. Like, why would they assume that you're packing up everything and leaving if you're not gonna leave? It's just a weird thing to do. So somebody goes over there and starts skating it, and for about 20 minutes, there's no issue. He's skating it, other people are coming by, and then the emo kid comes back into the skate park with all of his stuff, and he sees that there's two people over by the box, and he goes over there all pissed off and says that, like, he's claimed this spot and they're not allowed to skate on it and they should have known that he was going to come back so they can move now. And the two kids that are skating on it kind of look at him and say, tough crap, we're skating it now. If you wanted it, you shouldn't have left. And even then, it's not yours. Like, you can't just skate this for five hours and not let anyone else skate it. That's ridiculous. And the emo kid is getting increasingly angry, being like, dude, you're stealing my spot. And it's just really not how it works. 
Especially if you pack up all your stuff and leave and come back 20 minutes later. Like what, did you expect no one to touch it for 20 minutes while you went to Subway or wherever? And other people start coming over because it's starting to get more and more dramatic. And the emo kid starts telling everyone what happened, expecting everyone to look at these two kids and be like, Oh, that's so messed up. Why would you do that? But as everyone's listening to this, they're all siding with the two kids being like, Yeah, I don't know. If you left, packed up all your stuff, you can't expect people not to skate it. And even if you come back, if you've been skating it for an hour straight by yourself, then at some point you got to let other people use it too. It's not your skate park. If you want something like that, build it, put it in your driveway, whatever, but you, you can't come here and expect no one to use the stuff that all of our taxpayer dollars are paying for. So he decides that he's going to get increasingly mad, but instead of fighting everyone, he just starts crying and says that he's going to go home. And everyone at the skate park is like, okay. I think he thought if he started crying, everyone would all of a sudden be like, oh man, no, no, please stay. Please keep hogging the spot. But everyone just kind of stared at him and said, all right, man, go home. Like, there's no reason to cry over it. It's just a skate spot. So he leaves and everyone thinks that it's done after that. Everyone goes back to skating, is doing their thing. And about an hour after he left, a car pulls up and out hops this emo kid and his mom. And it's apparent to everyone that this kid had like gone home and gotten his mom and probably said that everyone at the skate park was bullying him. And he had brought his mom back, which is the cringiest thing to do, man. Everyone sides against you so you go get your mom. What do you think she's going to do to everyone at the skate park? Like they don't really know you, dude. They were just saying you were hogging the spot. If your mom pulls up and starts yelling at them, they're just gonna start messing with your mom because they have no reason to listen to what she's saying. Oh, I'm older than you. Yeah, okay, I don't know you. Like, I just don't have to listen to someone who's someone else's mom for no reason. Especially if that's how your kid's gonna act, I can assume that you're probably an annoying person too, so I I'm just not gonna mess with it. And before they even get in, a lot of the skaters are laughing, being like, dude, he brought his mom back. This is going to be entertaining. And she comes back in and starts yelling at everybody that they need to move out of the way and let their kids skate there. And her son had every right to reserve this spot and they should have known he was going to come back. And you would have at least thought that he had told his mom something that didn't happen. But the fact he explained it as it went down and his mom still was on his side is hilarious to me. She's the type of lady to like park in a handicap spot and then be confused when people tell her to move. I was only in there for a second. It's like, yeah, it's just not for you. You can't just park here because you want to and expect other people to like deal with it. And so all the skaters start kind of trolling her, obviously, because that's what happens. If an old lady goes to a skate park and starts screaming at everybody, just assume she's going to start getting trolled. And they're not going to be mean, they're not going to attack her or anything, but they're also not going to listen to you. Because you got to remember, uh, even if you're that kid's mom, to everyone else at the skate park, you are just some random lady who came to the skate park and is yelling at everyone. They have no reason to listen to you. They don't know you. Like, it's, it's a weird thing to go to a skate park and expect everyone to start listening to you because you're mad that they won't let your son hog everything. And so they're not listening to this lady and she starts getting more and more angry that no one's listening. And then the emo kid like yells, which is the first time that he's really stood up for himself. He was screaming, but it was more of like an embarrassing scream. This is like an angry scream, if that makes sense. 
He had tried yelling, but its intimidation factor before was at zero. This was an attempt to make people scared. And he says, hey, that's my mom, listen to her. And a bunch of skaters yell back, we don't care, which has to hurt that guy's feelings. And he starts trying to argue with them, but I don't understand the logic. Hey, that's my mom, okay? E even if that's your mom, she's your mom. To everyone at the skate park, she's just a lady who's trying to yell at them, bro. They have no reason to have some warm fuzzies like you do about your mother. Oh man, that's my mom. Yeah, everyone is someone's mom. Like, everyone who's at the skate park has a mom. That doesn't mean that if their mom showed up, you have to just automatically listen to them. I don't know, it's weird. Imagine if the roles were reversed, Mr. Weird Emo Kid, and someone's dad came and was like, no one here is allowed to skateboard. Break your skateboard right now. And when you said no, they were like, hey, that's my dad. You have to do what he says. Obviously, no one's listening to this lady. And they get more and more offended as people are like, we don't care. We're not going to listen to you. And they're trying to say the usual routine of like, well, she's older than you. You have to respect her. Which I think if like some old man's just minding his business, doing his thing, not bugging you at all, and you go out of your way to disrespect him, that's dumb. That's what I think respect your elders is more about, is like, don't go out of your way to be mean to a grandma. Be considerate of people that are older than you. It doesn't mean that if someone older than you is in the wrong, you just have to roll with it. Like, oh, you're just older than me, therefore I automatically have to listen to everything you say. That's not what the saying means. People get mad confused all the time, but as they're getting more and more offended, they finally realize it's not gonna work and they quit. And they're like, we're gonna go to the car! Thinking, I don't know, somehow they were gonna miraculously feel bad that they were leaving, run over, apologize, ask them to stay, please, please stay and yell at us some more random lady that we don't know. So they're packing up their stuff, and the entire time they're packing it up, they're loudly complaining about how kids these days just have no respect for their elders. I think if you come yelling at people, saying that they should just let your son not share anything in the public skate park and that they're dumb, it's not a matter of, like, kids not being respectful. It's not like this is a bunch of skateboarding hooligans that came up and spray-painted your house for no reason. You, a stranger, ran up to them and made demands, and they said no. The same way you'd probably want your kid to act. Like, what? You really want to train kids that if an adult comes and says something, they just have to listen? No, thank you. I'd prefer kids make a decision and be like, ah, this person's making a ridiculous request. Anyways, they leave and everyone was making fun of it, talking about it. And so a few days later, the subscriber goes back to the skate park. And it's very evident that Mr. Emo Kid and his mom had been back and they had hung up all these signs that were like handwritten signs saying that effective immediately all skateboarders had to listen to all adults. And I don't know if she understood that like just because you put up a sign doesn't mean it becomes law magically. It's not like a sign from the city or anything. It was literally like printer paper that they had written on. It doesn't just magically make it a law. You know the scene from The Office where Michael Scott walks out and he goes, I declare bankruptcy! And they're like, that's not how it works. You can't just say it. And he says, I didn't say it, I declared it. That's the logic she has here. No, I wrote down that from now on, everyone has to listen to adults. So it's just a law now. And everyone took pictures of it and memed it and then like tore it all down, obviously, because there was no reason to leave it up. 
And the signs didn't go back up after that. I don't know if she got the message or if she ever tried to enforce it. The subscriber was never there when she tried to enforce it. But I could just imagine the freak out she had when she realized they tore it all down. All my hard work I put into that signage and they disrespectfully destroyed it. Those skaters will rue the day they crossed me and my son and didn't let him hog the obstacle and assumed he left after he packed all his things and left. I mean, they even let him skate on it for like an hour by himself. It's not like anyone said, hey, get out of here, you suck. They just assumed he left after he packed up everything. I could understand why she'd be mad if they went over there and like threatened him and made him leave, but that's just not what happened. In the signs, that's just a dumb touch. Like as an adult, you just kind of have to be more self-aware and know that that's going to make everything way, way cringier. I declare that skaters have to listen to adults. Woo-wee! Aw, oh, man. They got me. They got me. Anytime they say anything, you just have to listen. It was sent in to me by a subscriber about the time he was at the skate park minding his own business, and then all of a sudden, everybody got into a huge brawl because somebody felt insulted that somebody didn't smack the board on the ground after they had landed a trick. Absolutely ridiculous. Skate parks are not normally like this. I don't want anyone to get that impression. But uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining, so I figured, what the heck, let's make it into a video. So without further ado, let's go. All right, so the person who sent this to me doesn't really spend a lot of time in any skate park in their town, but especially the one that they happen to be at this day. They had spent the night at a friend's house, and this friend lived near this skate park, so they ended up going there that morning just to skate a little bit because his mom wasn't a big fan of them, like, doing any street skating by businesses or anything. So they were just gonna go hang out at the skate park. And they get there, and they're immediately a little bit confused because it looks like they walked into the middle of a really bad Disney movie from the 90s that was taking place about, like, two rival six skate park crews. Because there was one group of kids that were on a variation of skate park stuff, like skateboards, bikes, scooters, the whole shebang. And the other group had the same thing, but they also had one guy that was a rollerblader. And they were just kind of staring each other down, arms folded like giving each other dirty looks but the subscriber and his friend didn't really know what was going on he asked his friend who was from there and he's like yeah these guys are always here but I don't really know what's up with the drama right now so they just ignored it went over to this section of the skate park where there was like this ramp and a rail and nobody else was and they just kind of start skating and they're really confused because they're skating for probably a solid three or four minutes and the two groups of people are still just kind of standing there arms folded like giving each other dirty looks and it's starting to feel a little bit like West Side Story everybody's about to start snapping and walking towards each other like we're gonna fight in a dance battle and finally, the one group that has the rollerblader, right? The rollerblader drops into this bowl and comes out the other side. And the other side happens to be by the other group of kids. And he's just kind of rollerblading past them. Which, I don't know if they hated the guy or what, but he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't doing anything. He was just rollerblading past them. And I guess one of the guys in the other group didn't like the fact that he had decided to rollerblade past them in a skate park. Because next thing, one of them, it wasn't really clear which one because they were all standing in a group, sticks their foot out and just kicks the leg of the one rollerblader. And he kind of goes off balance, but instead of just falling, he ends up falling into the bowl, which probably did not feel very good. Uh, maybe he got lucky and like landed at the perfect angle and slid down the bowl, but either way, not very cool to trip someone while they're going past you for no reason, but especially not cool to trip them right next to like a 12-foot ledge. And obviously the group that was hanging out with the rollerblader is like, bro, what? And so they all start going over there and they 
are screaming the entire time they're going over there like, oh my god, what's wrong with you guys? If he's hurt, you guys are done. You better hope that he's okay, which, to be fair, is the good friend thing to do. Like, if I was just hanging out and my friend was walking past another group and they decided to, like, kick him and shove him to the floor, I would go help him. I'm not just gonna let him do nothing about it, but especially if my friend happened to fall into a bowl after, I would definitely go over there and help him because he might have a serious injury or something. You fall into a bowl with too much speed and don't get to, like, slide down any part of the ramp, just go straight to the flat ground, and you land on any bone wrong, that's breaking. Like, that really can be a 10-15 foot fall, depending on the size of the bowl. But the group that tripped him is kind of acting like it was really cool. They're all high-fiving each other over it, which, very not swag. And so the group that's coming to defend their rollerblading friend is pissed, because they're not apologizing, they're not like, dude, we just meant to trip you, we didn't mean to make you fall down there. They're high-fiving and clapping and laughing about it and so they start to get over to their friend who's in the bottom of the bowl and thankfully he was okay and the only reason the subscriber and his friend knew that he was okay is because they see him climb out of the bowl and so the two groups are staring at each other from closer now and then all of a sudden the rollerblader guy apparently was so uninjured that he starts rollerblading over to them again except this time he's not trying to peacefully go by he had basically used his rollerblades to get as much speed as humanly possible and do like a punch in the face drive by he goes past the de facto leader of the group that had tripped him and just punches him in the face and after he punches him he turns left and this time drops into the bowl. He doesn't necessarily fall into it, unlike the last time. He wanted to go on his terms down the bowl. But he kind of hits this dude and then does a runner, which I don't know how I feel about that. On one hand, I feel like it's kind of justified just because they tripped him and shoved him into the bowl. He gets one punch and run. On the other hand, if you're going to punch somebody, kind of cringe to run away right after. Obviously, though, they realize that their leader just got punched in the face, so they start freaking out and they start running at the rollerbladers crew. So now these two crews of like 10 people are just charging at each other. The people on bikes have dropped their bikes. The kids on scooters have dropped their scooters. A few of the skaters have picked up their skateboards looking like they're gonna use them as if it's a chair in a wrestling match, you know? Ah, I'm gonna hit you with my skateboard! And it's just chaos. And at that point, the subscriber and his friend decide to jump out of the bowl and run over there, because you're gonna need a better view at that point. I'm not advocating for fighting in the skate park. I'm advocating against it. Don't get into a giant brawl in the skate park, okay? I'm gonna make that clear. That being said, if there already is a brawl going on in the skate park, of course you're gonna go watch it. What, are you not supposed to enjoy the free entertainment? You're telling me that if you were at a skate park and like 20 people just started fighting after someone on rollerblades did like a drive-by punch, you wouldn't want to go watch it. Oh, okay, yeah, you're such a mature person. I don't like that. Good for you. I'm gonna go watch it because it's definitely going to be entertaining. Anyways, they get over there and they're just fighting. It's absolutely chaotic. People are hitting each other. Some people had fallen into the bowl and now they're fighting in the bowl. And so the people that are watching this are standing down looking into the bowl. And one of the guys goes to escape and kind of like runs up the side, puts his hand on and starts trying to pull himself up to get out of there. But dude, this bowl fight is basically turning into like the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars and he's Bubba Fett trying to crawl out because a bunch of people run over and grab onto his legs as he's trying to climb out of this bowl and like pull him back in. 
Oh, no, you don't. You thought you were getting away that easy? Think again. Like, that's the vibe going on. So they pull him back into the bowl, and it's just chaos. And the subscriber who sent this to me and his friend are watching this, and they're, like, not yelling to stop. They're not encouraging it. They're not, like, keep fighting, but they don't want to start yelling at them either, because clearly they're pretty okay with hitting people in the face for little to nothing. But the skate park happened to be situated by the playground. Now, there were still some people on top of the bowl fighting, and I guess some mom who was at the playground with her kids decided that it was in the best interest to come break up the fight. And I'm not gonna call her a Karen, because it probably is the right thing to do. Like, let's be honest, as much as we hate to admit it, it's the right thing to do for an adult to come over and break up the fight. But she runs over, and she's doing, like, the, the mom way of trying to get people to stop things. And listen, I think all adults do this for some reason. It's not particular to moms. But instead of, like, yelling at them to knock it off, or like, hey guys, you're at a skate park, stop it, with some authority, adults will just kind of start screaming something over and over again. At least my parents do. Like, sometimes my mom, if she wanted me and my brother to stop something, it would just be like, stop, 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 stop! And that's basically what this lady starts doing, is just like, stop it, stop it, stop fighting! And obviously that doesn't do a lot to stop fighting. These guys are like punching each other in the face, and now all of a sudden, very faintly compared to everything going around, it's like, stop that, stop that! Like, they're probably not going to stop fighting. So, she decides she has to do something. So she runs back over to like wherever her stuff was at the playground and runs back in with like three water bottles and just starts dumping water on the people that are fighting to try to snap them out of it. And it works on the few people that were still on the top of the bowl because they were more like in a 1v1 fight. So they're like, dude, what the heck? Why is this lady dumping water on me? But when she gets to the third water bottle, she's just dumping it into this chaos. And it's not stopping them. Now it's just like chaotic. It's still all these people in the bowl fighting. Now they're just wet and the floor is slippery. So people are starting to like slip and slide. Not in a fun way, not like the slip and slide you have in the summer where you get going and inevitably give yourself a grass burn because you go off the end of it. No, I'm talking about like sliding, falling, and they're just still going at it. And at this point, the fight's probably been going for a good four or five minutes, which is a long time for a fight. And so the mom is yelling, they're all yelling because they're fighting each other. And at that point, a cop on a bike pulls up into the skate park and he gets off his bike and he's like, guys, stop, stop it, stop it. And that's when everybody kind of is like, oh, all right. But instead of stopping it and calmly shaking each other's hands and saying, good sport, now they realize that there's a cop there. So both groups groups are now trying to just get out of there. Which, listen, if you were just involved in some giant brawl where people are trying to stop you, there's 20 people involved, you're in a public place, it's a park. Yeah, when the cops show up to break it up, it probably is a good idea to get out of there. You don't want to be the one kid that he happens to catch and you get in trouble for everybody fighting. But all the people involved in the fight just start running, and the cop's trying to catch them, but there's only one of him, and there's 20 of them, and they're all running away. And they're not, like, fighting the cop, they're just trying to get out of there. And plus, on top of it, once they grab their stuff, they're on skateboards, bikes, scooters. They're getting out of there. The cop's bike, he's, like, doesn't have time to get back to it. Whatever. They get away. He doesn't get any of them, but the entire scene of them, like, scattering like cockroaches on top of the absurdity of them fighting in the bowl with someone dumping water 
water on them screaming to stop it, would make anyone laugh if they were sitting there watching it. So the subscriber who sent this to me and his friend are laughing, not at the fact that they got away, they're not laughing at the cop, but yet, the entire situation is just funny. Like, it's not every day you go to the skate park and 20 people start fighting in the deep end of a bowl. Like, everyone was at a pool party, the water evaporated, and they were really pissed off about it, so they just started throwing hands right there. That's not something you expect to happen on a day-to-day -day basis. But the cop starts looking around and he sees them laughing, and so he walks over to them all pissed off, and he's like, what happened? This is not funny. If you guys witnessed anything, you need to tell me right now what you saw. And they're like, okay, man, we'll tell you what we saw. That's all right. So they recount all the information to him, from like the rollerblade guy falling into the bowl, to him doing the, the drive-by punch and dropping into the bowl. They tell him everything. And he's like, all right, so it seems like there was just a big brawl. And they're like, yeah, that's basically all it was. One group tripped someone, the other group decided to fight. But then he starts asking them the questions that they just ha don't know the answer to. Like, they don't have the answer. Well, why did they do that? And they're like, uh, I don't know, man. That's a great question. We don't know. We were just kind of watching it happen. And he's like, well, what do you mean you don't know? Aren't you guys skaters too? And they're like, yeah, but I don't know why they fought. Just because we all ride a skateboard doesn't mean that I can just close my eyes and tell you what they're thinking. Hold on, let me close my eyes real quick. All of a sudden, like, going full Avatar mode, there's just a blue light behind him. <gasps> I can tell you the reason they fought. It was simple. They got tripped and pushed into a bowl, so his friends came over and punched him. That's it. There you go. There's the reason. Anyways, he's like, well, you guys don't seem to have any useful information. And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry, but we don't have any useful information because we didn't do it. Like, we were not the people that decided to get into the fight, so we only know what we saw. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to close the skate park while we do an investigation. I called my partner, so you guys need to get out of here. And they're like, all right, bro, whatever. I don't really know what the investigation was going to be. Can you imagine? They, like, wrap crime scene tape around it. They're doing uh, measurements of how far the bowl is. Huh, I've never seen anything like this. You think it was uh, the Beanie Baby gangs fighting over territory? Probably. Beanie Babies are on the rise again. Ever since the 90s, everyone's been trading the black market of Beanie Babies. Like, just the most absurd situation. I don't know why you have to close the skate park to investigate. Maybe they were closing it hoping that they wouldn't come back like and keep fighting, I guess? I, I don't know. Either way, they had gotten kicked out, so they ended up going home and they get home, they're home a little bit early, and his friend's mom is like, oh, did anything happen? Like, why are you guys back early? Oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, there was no reason for us to come back early, because the last thing you want to do is give your parents a reason to not want you to go to the skate park. Or do anything. Like, if something bad happens to happen while you're at your favorite place to hang out, you'll probably keep it under wraps. I don't encourage that. That's a bad idea. I just used to do the same thing. So, like, don't do that, but I, I can understand where they're coming from because it'd be hypocritical for me to be like, I never kept any secrets from my parents. Plus, they weren't involved in the brawl. If they would have been involved in the brawl, then they have to tell their parents, all right? That we'll, we'll meet a middle ground, okay? Shake hands. There we go. There's the middle ground. And, uh, life goes on, he ends up going home. But a few weeks later, he gets a text from his friend just to update him at the fact that apparently these same two groups had gotten into another brawl at that skate park, which... 
Not a very swagtastic place to do it. Obviously, you're going to get caught if you decide to do it again, and you almost got caught last time, and they did end up getting caught. And so, obviously, they had to explain to the people that had caught them, like, okay, why did you guys get in a fight? What started this? And this one had happened because one of the guys had brought a bag of Arby's with him and had sat it down to go over and help his friend film a trick really quick for his Instagram. And I guess the other group saw him put down his Arby's and decided that they were going to do something to start a fight. So they skate over to his Arby's while he's helping his friend and they jump off their skateboard and they just curb stomped his food. Which, I do have to say, is gonna start a fight, man. Like, if you just bought some food and you set the bag down and somebody just walks over and stomps on it, and you know it's somebody you don't like and they look at you and, like, flip you off after it, you're probably gonna be pretty pissed off. Especially if you and this person have literally fought before, like, the group was trying to start a fight. You can't tell me that that's not trying to start a fight. And that's evil, man. You don't mess with people's food. Like, ah, uh, that's too far. I would rather you walk up and punch me in the face than curb stop my arm. Arby's. That beef and cheddar never stood a chance. It had a beautiful chance at becoming a beautiful meal, and you took that away from it. They got banned from the skate park, got in a crap ton of trouble, but uh, apparently it was worth it to get into another fight. The worst thing that has ever been done in front of anyone. My goodness, how dare we ride skateboards in public. Either way, it culminated in him basically saying that he was going to call his son, who was older than us, to come beat us up. And I just thought it was a funny story I hadn't shared yet, so uh, why not turn it into a video? So without further ado, let's go. Alright, so by one of my friends' house that I grew up with, uh, there was this park that had some stairs near the playground. Not literally leading to the playground, but like in the general vicinity. If you were at the playground, you could see the stairs. And the stairs happened to have like a perfect height rail. They were themselves had a good run up and run off so whenever we were at my friend's house we would go to the park and just skate it and we would be very careful to like not be swearing a bunch in front of the park we would obviously stop if people needed the stairs and if the park was really crowded usually we just wouldn't go because we just didn't want it to become an issue and listen there wouldn't have been an issue what I'm trying to say is that we were going above and beyond to make sure that we were not in anyone's way one day we got to the park in the morning we had all spent the night at my friend's house the night before so we get there and the park's pretty empty so we start skating and as we're skating in the park in the morning there's like groups of people walking around the park and we're saying hi good morning when people walk by just because we didn't want to be like you know we didn't want to get in trouble we knew technically we weren't supposed to be skating there so we weren't going to go out of our way to be causing all these problems but we see this group of old men walking towards us and as they walk by, they say something along the lines of like, oh, I wish I would have had a skateboard when I was young. So we laugh, say good morning, and they kind of stand there for a bit. We're talking about like, I don't know how the skateboard works. The old things, like just old people, small talk conversation. And they're watching for a bit. One of my friends did a trick down the stairs. They thought that was cool. And after that, they said they were going to keep walking. So they walked away. And me and all my friends were like, all right, they were nice enough. Nothing weird happened. That was all chill. We completely forgot about it. But I happened to just be like looking up and they were still in my peripheral vision and I see this guy in a red tracksuit join their group a little bit later and I can see them talking and then the rest of the group points at us and I'm like oh they're saying that you know we just watched those kids skate they were cool no big deal. And instantly, the guy in the red tracksuit kind of waves his arms angrily. Not at us, but like he's talking very impassioned. You know when someone talks with their hands and they're getting angry? 
that's the vibe. And so I'm kind of just keeping an eye on it because I don't know why he's mad. All I know is they pointed at us and he was mad, but they keep walking away from us. So we keep skating and after a bit, I forget about the old dudes, but uh, I guess they parked at the other end of the park and the guy in the red tracksuit didn't. Because when the guy in the red tracksuit comes back around, all of his friends are gone. I don't see them in the anywhere in the park and it's just him. And he walks past where we're skating on this little stair set, and he just stops in front of the stairs. And me and my friends are just kind of sitting there looking at him, and we're not giving him dirty looks. We're not, like, giving him the you-gotta-get-out-of-here stare. We're literally just kind of looking at him because he's standing in front of the stairs we're skating, and, like, we were just gonna let him walk by. Even if he stopped for a second in front of the stairs, we don't really care. We're not gonna be like, get out of here, old man. It's just not that big of a deal. But he's standing there for an incredibly long time like a minute two minutes three minutes and one of my friends asked him why he's standing there in the nicest way I've ever heard anyone ask a question before in my life excuse me sir do you mind if I ask you a question and the old man looks at him and goes eh. and he's like why are you standing in front of the stairs I'm not trying to be rude but we're trying to like skate here do you mind if you step a couple feet over which is not rude at all he's not trying to be mean he's not being disrespectful he's just being like hey me and my friends are trying to use this can you please move two feet in the old man oh my goodness you would have thought that my friend asked him to move because he didn't have much time left on this earth to move anyways like just some super insulting thing because he starts going off on us about how all young kids today are the same and uh you know we just don't respect our elders and we have no clue what his generation did for us and we're confused because we have no clue where he's coming from with this like none of us said anything about him none of us are disrespecting him well he didn't say he didn't do anything for the country we're just like standing here and so my friend, who was trying to be polite, tries to calm him down and goes, Sir, sir, no one's trying to disrespect you. You don't have to move. We were just asking. And he's like, yeah, I don't have to move because this is America and I can stand where I want. And at this point, we're all just kind of like, all right, man, whatever. And there was another stair like 20 feet away. So I say out loud, look, let's just go skate at those stairs. And I guess the old man had a huge problem with us going to different stairs because he looks at me and says, if you guys go to those stairs, then I'm just going to go stand at the bottom of those ones. And listen, I'm not trying to spend my day arguing with an old man. But at this point, I just wanted to know, like, why? Like, why are you so mad? So I asked him, like, okay, well, why are you going to do that? You just said you wanted to stand here. We're not going to fight with you. We don't want to argue. We will just go to the other stairs. Like, why are you going to follow us if we're trying to leave? And he gives us another rant about how, like, kids don't respect their elders and whatnot. And clearly I didn't respect my elders with the way I'm talking to him. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. But at the same time, even if I was... You're not being respectful of me. I hate this idea that I just have to, like, bend over and just bow and kiss the feet of anyone that's even two days older than me. If you want respect, then, like, obviously I'll respect you if you're being respectful. I'm never gonna just run around here being mean to old people. That makes no sense. Old people, for the most part, are super chill. But just because you're older than me, you come up to me and start insulting me and, like, just being a jerk. I'm not gonna be like, oh, sir, please, please, trample my rights harder. Not that it's a right to be skating in the park. You guys get what I'm saying, though. Like, I wasn't going to be kissing his butt like my friend was. So I was just like, dude, like, what's your issue? Come on. We didn't have anything to do with disrespecting you you came up to us and his response to me saying we weren't respecting you you came up to us which is a true statement was like you want to try to get smart with me 
And uh, at this point, I was trying to get smart with him, I'm not gonna lie. But I said, I'm not trying to get smart with you, I'm just not understanding how you're so old and make so little sense. And that's not the nicest thing I could have said in retrospect. Was it smart? Probably not. But, you know, I was a teenager at the time, I was kind of dumb. I was trying to be a smart Alex, so I just said it. And listen, even though it was rude, it was not like I threatened to fight the guy. It's not like I was like, you suck. All I literally said was, you're too old to make too little sense, which in the grand schemes of how people argue is insanely tame. And his response was just to go straight to violence. He's like, if you keep running your mouth like that, I'm gonna smack you and I'll call my son down here to beat you up too. And at that point, I wasn't trying to get into a fight with the old guy, and I said, look, I'm not gonna fight you, dude. Like, I'm just not gonna fight you. You can hit me with your cane, we'll just leave. But even if you were to call your son down here, I'm pretty sure your son's an adult. We're not adults, so your son would be the one getting in trouble. I'm not trying to escalate it. I don't want to fight him. I'm just trying to point out that like, all right, man, go ahead and call your son. We're not trying to fight you. But even if your 45 year old son comes down here, he can't just punch us in the face and then go to breakfast. But then it was as if I like questioned his son's skills because then he starts just going off about how his son could really beat me up, which I didn't even deny. He's an adult. I feel like an adult should be able to beat up a kid. You shouldn't, but you should be able to. Like what? The, the guy's going to show up, be six feet tall, 200 pounds, punch 15 year old me in the face, and I'm just gonna take it on the chin, I'll chill. Nah, it's all good. Probably not. But he starts going off how his son is strong and cooler than us and has a good paying job. And at that point, a couple of my friends are like trying to argue back too, just to try to defuse the situation and get him to leave. They're like, bro, we don't care about your son. Just please leave us alone, please. And he starts saying that he's gonna call his son right now and he's gonna call his son down here to beat us up and we're like, all right, man, we're just gonna go. This guy's not gonna leave us alone. It's too early to be dealing with this. So we start just grabbing our stuff to leave. And he walks up to one of my friend's backpacks and grabs it and says, you guys can't leave, my son's on his way. And we're like, yeah, we don't really care that your son's on his way, we're gonna leave. And he says, no, you can't leave. And I've got my stuff, we all have our stuff, and my friend's stuff is in his hand. And he just goes, listen, give me my stuff or I'm gonna call the police. And the old guy's like, you're gonna call the cops, my son's on the way. All right, and? What, what do you think the police just don't exist because your son's here? We're gonna call 911, not that we would've. An old man is stealing our stuff and refusing to let us leave. Like, you know, we're basically arrested by this dude. We don't wanna have to get our stuff from him because we're probably gonna hurt him. So can you please come help us get the stuff back? We weren't trying to hurt him, but like, okay, if three dudes try to grab a backpack from an old man, he the chances of him getting hurt are escalated. It's not like elderly people are known for their durability. So my friend's plan was the only way to get my stuff back is to have someone come get it because I'm not gonna grab it out of his hands We did not want a problem, bro We literally were like fine. You can hold on to the stuff. We're not gonna we're not gonna get into this with you And then he starts going off on some weird side tangent about how he doesn't care He's called his son go ahead and call the cops He's not afraid of us because his son is a god who could beat us all up and we're kind of like a god Your son's a god that's gonna come beat us up 
listen, I don't think your son is a god. And if he was, wouldn't he have way more important stuff to do than come to the park and fight someone that his dad doesn't like skating on the stairs? It's not like he's on his way to come save his dad because a group of skaters started messing with him. It's the exact opposite. But whatever, my friend just keeps talking to him, being like, give me the bag, give me the bag, give me the bag. Finally, this car pulls up. This guy gets out and starts walking over to us. And he's just the definition of a middle-aged man. No insults to middle-aged man, but the dude's bald. He's got a little bit of a beer belly. And he walks up to us and he goes, my dad called, like, what's the issue? And my friend, whose bag is still in the hands of the old man, just starts to tell him everything that's gone down, being like, look, we were just skating. He came over and stood there. We said, why are you standing there? Next thing we know, you're a god that's on your way to beat us all up and he won't give me my stuff back. And the guy, I just probably couldn't have been the first time this happened. I don't even know how to explain it. He just got this look on his face and like shook his head, looked at his dad and was like, dad, give them their stuff back. And he's like, no, they're not allowed to skate at the park. And he's like, dad, these kids are literally up to nothing bad. Just give them their stuff. They'll leave. And he's like, I wanted you to come down here and teach them a lesson. And listen, I'm not saying that we were trying to have an issue. But hypothetically, if this dude's son would have showed up and tried to fight us, there's like four of us and the guy's not in great shape. He's built a little bit more like the Pillsbury Doughboy than a wrestler. Probably wouldn't have been able to teach us a lesson anyways. Like, we didn't want to fight, but I don't like my chances versus five people in any circumstances. Especially not if I'm 40 and got the Homer Simpson. Simpsons bod rocking. But the son's like, dad, just leave him alone. Come on, we're gonna go home. And the dad's looking at us pissed and he's like, you're lucky my son's not in the mood for a fight today. And we're like, yeah, okay, we're really lucky your son's not in the mood for a fight. We're just gonna go. And we start walking away and they start walking away. And then we start like hearing things landing and we turn back and the grandpa is like throwing rocks at us. And so my friend goes, stop throwing rocks at us. And his son turns around and he just must not have been paying attention because he goes, dad, stop throwing rocks at them. And he's like, not until they leave. And at that point, we were laughing. Like, it's not a funny situation. The guy shouldn't be rolling around throwing rocks at people. But come on, he was just hell bent on getting into an argument that morning at the park. We happened to be in the way. I just love that he thought his son was going to show up and just start beating the crap out of all these kids in the park. Like, that probably would have gotten him in a lot more trouble. Uh, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, there's a guy just beating the crap out of four kids that were skating at the park. Can you send backup? Either way, uh, if his son was a god, which is what he said, I'm a little bit confused, looking a lot more like Thor in Endgame than what I would have expected. I don't really know what I expected. I just, like, in my mind, if someone's, like, a Greek god, I just imagine, like, the, like, ripped Zeus throwing lightning bolts. I don't expect Dan the accountant, but it's from a pretty bizarre day I had when I went to a friend's house and uh, we ended up fighting this group of kids in his neighborhood. They were kind of like pirates. There's really no other way to describe them, but just on bicycles, they were just kind of rolling around, terrorizing the neighborhood, stealing stuff. A little group of bike pirates, you know, not something you expect to deal with. Regardless, I figured it would be a pretty entertaining story time for y'all. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, in third grade, there was a kid in my class that I'm gonna name Mike. Michael. And Michael was pretty cool. Me and him talked a lot about Pokemon. And one day he was like, hey, this weekend you should come over to my house, bring your bike and we can just kind of hang out. And I was like, bet I'll ask my dad. 
I ask my parents, they don't really care. My mom calls Michael's mom, sets up the play date as you do when you're younger. And I'm hyped. I'm like, let's go. I'm going to ride some bikes. I'm going to hang out with my friend. It's going to be a great weekend. So I get over to my house and I take my bike out of the back of my dad's truck and I go into the garage and Michael's standing there and he's like, hey man, what's up? How you doing? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And I look around and I don't see a bike for Michael. So I'm kind of confused. I'm like, oh, I thought you said I should bring my bike so we could ride bikes. Where's your bike? And he gets this kind of sad look on his face and he goes, oh, the pirates took it. And obviously I'm a little bit perplexed because I don't think I'm living in Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't live on the island of Tortuga. There's no privateers for the French government rolling around raiding Spanish ships as far as I'm aware of. Unless I stepped off the truck into a time machine or something, there shouldn't be pirates. So I kind of ask what he means. And he says there's this group of older kids in the neighborhood that roll around on their bikes. And they kind of just like stop all the kids when they're riding around and take stuff from them. And they had stopped him the other day, but he didn't have anything on him. Because we're like third graders. Obviously, we're not going to have a wallet on us. We're not going to have like millions of dollars in cash. Third grade me did not have pounds of gold bars in a backpack riding around on my bike for additional weight training, believe it or not. And so they had decided that they were just going to take Michael's bike, you know? Oh, if you don't have anything to give me that's valuable, then I'll take the bike. And I don't know what they would want to do with a third grader's bike. It's a little bit too small for them, but sure enough, they had taken it. And I'm like, bro, that sucks. What are we going to do? And he says, well, we can still go to the bike jumps and ride your bike because I'm pretty sure that the pirate gang isn't going to be there or whatever. And obviously, I didn't want to interact with the pirate gang. But at the same time, he was really insistent on wanting to go to these bike jumps. So I was like, all right, fine, we can go. So he hops on the pegs of my bike and we start riding to these bike jumps that are on the edge of his neighborhood. And we get there and I'm not going to lie. I see why he was excited because it's a pretty cool like BMX track, not an official one, but almost like all the neighborhood kids had just gathered around, grabbed some shovels and decided to make some jumps. And we're kind of taking turns cruising around on the jumps and whatnot. And it's located next to this bike trail. And the way it's situated, it's a little taller than the bike trail. You have to go up this little hill to get to where the the jumps are it's like a plateau looking thing and you can see a little bit down the trail and as i'm going up the ramps he's like hey ryan we might have a problem so i ride over on my bike and i'm like what's the issue and he points and i see a group of what appears to be like uh four five fifth graders i don't really know they could have been fourth graders sixth graders all i knew is that they were a little bit older than us we're in third grade at the time and they're on their way towards the jumps And he goes, that's the pirates. And obviously I'm a little bit confused because I was already in a bizarre position when he started mentioning pirates, but realizing it's just another group of elementary school kids made it more confusing. Like what, did their parents just allow them to commit sea crimes, but not on the ocean? Like were they just chilling watching the news one day, Somali pirates popped up? Ooh, that's an inspirational story. I don't know, man. I think Captain Phillips was supposed to be a drama about how bad it would be to be kidnapped by pirates. don't think it was supposed to inspire anyone that movie definitely was not out when i was in third grade maybe that's why if only they had seen captain phillips they would understand the dangers of piracy either way he says okay let's get out of here before they get here and listen i've never interacted with these pirates this entire story sounds kind of dumb to me i'm not afraid of a bunch of kids who claim to be pirates so i am like no dude let's stay like what are they gonna do and he's like ryan they're gonna try to take your bike trust me 
me like you don't want to deal with these pirates and I'm like ah, I'm not worried about it they're not gonna do anything I would be wrong by the way always trust the people that actually live there I don't know why I thought I knew better but I was like no nah, they're not gonna do nothing and they're still a little bit away like you know they they are kind of eh, maybe a minute minute or two away and as they're riding up another group of kids that are around our age pulls up from the other side so can't see them coming and instantly Michael's like oh those are my friends blah 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 and he yells out that the pirates are coming and they kind of freak out and they're like well we don't have time to go anywhere so we'll just group up and maybe they'll be a little bit intimidated and at this point it's like five of us and five of them it's pretty even we're a lot younger and smaller our odds are not very good if piracy's about to go down I'm not trying to be Captain Phillips but whatever you know we're just kind of standing there and I'm starting to get nervous because everybody else is nervous like I said I've never interacted with these quote-unquote pirates. If they're anything like Jack Sparrow, I'll take my chances. What are they gonna do? Do the Jack Sparrow run at me? I'm not afraid, but I'm starting to freak out because they're all afraid. And there was a kid that was a little younger than us, like first, second grade maybe, and he starts crying. And at that point, I'm just scared. I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it and say, oh, I was pretending to be brave. I'm like, oh, we should have gotten out of here. And Michael says, yeah, I know. You're an idiot. You didn't listen to me. And at that point, they kind of come up over the ridge. And like I said, they're a little bit bigger than us and one of them on the back of his bike has like a flag mounted and it's the Jolly Roger. These kids are committed to their little pirate gang. I don't know what documentary they were watching to inspire this. I feel like as a parent at some point I would kind of realize my kid is up to no good when him and all of his friends talk about being a pirate. They have Jolly Ranchers on their bike. Not Jolly Ranchers, Jolly Rogers. I guess Jolly Ranchers too. Don't stick candy to metal kids. But uh, if they had the Jolly Rancher, Jolly Roger. I did it again! Uh, the Jolly Roger and then every time they were over at your house, you just overheard conversations about how the last time they stole all that stuff, it went really well. Eventually, I think I'd catch on, but I guess their parents didn't. And they're like, oh, look what we have here. Plenty of stuff to steal. And then one of them goes, arr, which uh, in retrospect, insanely cringe. Like, bro, you're not actually a pirate. It'd be the equivalent of trying to rob someone and then talking in like Shakespeare old English. Ye must give me your wallets or doth we die. Regardless, they kind to surround us and they start sizing us up and then one of them which appears to be the leader is like all right guys empty your pockets and one of the other kids we're with says no we're not gonna empty our pockets and I'm not gonna say anything but I agreed with him I'm not gonna empty my pockets if you're gonna rob me then like I'm at least gonna make you work for it not now now that I'm an adult I realize that if someone's robbing you it's probably better to just be like okay take my wallet I'm not dying for this but back then, man, I was like, no, no one will steal from me. I have a level 82 Blastoise and Pokemon Fire Red. I'm, I can't be touched. Obviously, that's not reality. But at the time, you know, I, th I thought I was, I thought I was tough. And they're like, oh, okay, then we're going to have a problem. You're going to have to fight us. And the kid that's talking all this crap is the shortest person on our team other than the kid that's younger than us. And so everyone's kind of looking at him like, bro, what are you doing? You know, we're not trying to get beat up. And he's like, we're not afraid of you, which speak for yourself, man. I'm not saying I was horrified, but I definitely wasn't thrilled with the idea of having to fight these kids that were much larger than us. And at that point, they're like, yeah, oh, you think you're tough? And the leader of the pirate group stepped off of his bike. And this is where he made the large mistake. He walks over to the kid that's talking all this crap and kind of grabs him by his shirt collar, like the classic bully move. And he starts kind of lifting the kid up, but he can't lift him all the way up. Like he's just kind of holding him on his tiptoes. 
by his shirt collar and he's like, I'm going to start with, you know, taking stuff from you. Give me everything in your pockets. And obviously the kid that's getting robbed at this point is not feeling too thrilled with the situation. And he's feeling threatened for a good reason. Someone's got him by the collar and is demanding he empty his pockets. So he does what I think is the best tactical move he could possibly do. Reaches one foot back like he's playing soccer and delivers a kick to the one place you can kick someone where they're guaranteed to drop you. I don't need to spell it out for you. He kicks him there really hard. And so obviously the leader of the pirate gang lets go of his collar and kind of doubles over onto the ground. And everyone in our group is like, run! And so we hop on our bikes and we start trying to leave. But the other group of this pirate gang is like trying to block us in from being able to leave. And so I start pedaling and one of the kids gets in front of me to like block me from going down this little hill to get onto the bike trail. And a couple of the people that were with us had already gotten down the hill. So it's me, Michael, and another kid. And I'm pedaling full speed. And I'm like, well, um, I've got two options here. I can either stop and get all the anger for that kid's kick taken out on me, which does not sound very appetizing. I like my face like I like the my oranges, not bruised. So I decided to do the classic game of chicken. And I'm not saying this was my smartest idea because it ended up hurting me, but I just start pedaling even faster. I don't really have a chance if I'm going to fight this dude. Like, he's just bigger than me. If I try to stop the bike and fight him, I'm, I'm not going to win. So at the time, and I'm not saying this was my smartest idea ever... I was just like, I'm just going to ride my bike as fast as I can, and hopefully he moves out of the way. A classic game of chicken. And the problem with chicken is if the person you're playing chicken with isn't a chicken. Because this guy was not going to move, and obviously he wasn't going to. I'm like some little third grader pedaling my bike as angrily as I can. But the two people that are with me are behind me, and I yell out like, I'm going to hit him. And they're like, do it. So I keep pedaling my bike, and my adrenaline's kind of pumping at this point because I didn't expect the entire fight to go down and I smash my bike into the side of his bike and he falls over and I fall over and I scrape up the entire right side of my arm I had a short sleeve shirt on and it just kind of got cheese gratered by all the rocks and the dirt but the kid I ran into had just kind of fallen over he's not hurt or anything but he's underneath the bikes and me so he can't get up as fast as I can and even though my arm hurt and it really hurt dude I jump up as fast as I can I get on my bike and the other two people that were behind me go around us and go down this hill and I jump on my bike and I go down the hill so now I'm following Michael and the other kid through the neighborhood and we are pedaling like our little legs never have before dude we are just Lance Armstrong full of steroids tour to France riding these bikes and we're flying through the neighborhood and we come around this corner to this long road and at the end of this long road was Michael's house and I guess the kid that was with us lived on that street too and by that point we'd gone down the bike trail weaved in gone in and out of some neighborhood streets so we think that we've lost them and we're kind of laughing now we're like dude that was insane I told Michael I needed some peroxide for my arm but you know it was better than getting robbed I guess I, I didn't necessarily make the best choices but at the time I was like I kept my bike so that's what really mattered to me and this road is probably I don't know it felt like two miles long but it's probably like a quarter half a mile long that's really long at the time and as we're going down it the kid that's with us turns around and he goes uh guys and sure enough me and Michael turn around and I had a feeling it was gonna be them pedaling after us but when we turn and look all five of them are now pedaling after us as fast as they can and because they're a little bit older and bigger they can ride their bikes a little bit faster 
here, so they're gaining on us. And I really don't feel like being caught, because now not only did the other kids kick their leader, but now I've just crashed into one of them, caused him to fall over. Like, we, we were kind of yelling trash back at them as we were biking away. So it's kind of like, oh no. So even though we had calmed down when we got onto the street, we start Tour de France and get again, and we're going as fast as we can. And Michael had in his pocket, he had like a little tiny flip phone that his parents had given him and a garage door opener. And they're gaining on us. And as we're getting near Michael's house, they're officially so up on us that we can hear them yelling. And they're like, when we get you, we're going to beat the crap out of you. Like, we're going to take everything you guys have. Like, I can't believe you thought you could get away from us. So we are just like probably screwed. I'm still riding my bike as fast as my can, but I hear them getting closer. So I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to look back anymore because it's not going to do anything but make me more scared I just keep riding but Michael clicks the garage door button and I see the garage door coming up and I'm like okay if we can get into the garage we should be okay and we fly up his driveway it was kind of at the end of the road and we get in and he presses the button as soon as he gets through and it starts dropping and as much as I would love to say that I did like the mission impossible motorboat not motorboat motorbike I'm getting switched up today I'm sorry motorbike like sideways slide underneath the garage door. I made it underneath the garage door with a bunch of room, but they were just far enough behind us that they couldn't get into the garage. And so we stopped the bikes. And at this point, we're just scared because they had almost caught back up with us. We weren't talking any trash and we're just standing in the garage, absolutely silent. And they're outside banging on the garage door being like, get out here, get out here. And me and Michael are looking at each other and you don't have to say anything in that situation to know that we're not going out there. Like, I don't care no matter how much they say I'm a wimp for running away. I'm not going out there. I'm not fighting a 2v5 with people that are twice my size. Michael, if you want to do a 1v5 situation, try to lock up the clutch, that's on you man but like I know that's a stupid decision so I'm not backing you up so we stay in the garage absolutely silent and we probably should have just gone inside but we were afraid that they would hear us go in the house and like get into the garage somehow so we're just standing there silently and they're outside the garage for a while and after a while they stop banging on it but we can still hear them talking and they're pissed they're like dude when I get my hands on those kids I'm gonna beat the crap out of them I can't believe they thought they could do that and me and Michael are standing there in the garage looking at each other's side like ah crap so whatever after a little bit they end up leaving and Michael's like dude that was crazy I can't believe that happened we had been silent while they were standing out there and I'm like yeah dude that was crazy but I'm not really a big fan of that I you know hanging out's cool but I'm not really sure how I feel about coming back to your house now that there's an angry group of pirates roaming the neighborhood that are pissed off at me and then I said something that I don't think he had thought of yet but it was what concerned me I was like what are you gonna do the next time you see them and his eyes got all wide. I don't think he had thought it through yet. The adrenaline of just getting away was running through his head. Like, listen, I don't live in this neighborhood, bro. I'm gonna go home. They're never gonna see me again. You are gonna have to deal with this next time you're at the bike jumps and they pull up. And he was like, dude, oh my gosh, I didn't think about it. And I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks. There's nothing I can do. I'm in third grade. What do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, all right, well, that was fun at least. We go inside and his parents weren't home from work. So we just kind of played some <laughs> Super Smash Bros on the GameCube until my dad came to pick me up. And I get in the car and my dad's like, oh, how was it? Was it fun? Did you guys ride your bikes? I'm like, yeah, we went to some bike jumps. It was cool. My dad looks at me and he's like, oh, did anything happen at the bike jumps? Or like, were you guys just hanging out? 
I don't know why he asked, but uh, I didn't tell him. That's for sure. I wasn't about to tell my dad everything that had gone down. Uh-uh. I didn't want him to be like, this is why you can't go over to people's houses because their their pirate neighbors are going to try to steal from you. It's already hard enough to convince them to let me go over to somebody's house. The last thing I needed was a reason for them to say no. Either way, I was just like, no, nah, it was pretty uneventful. Nothing really happened today. Pretty normal day. Psh, standard. And uh, he, he bought it because I don't think he had any reason not to. It's not like my parents were walking around like, mm, I don't know, I'm pretty sure you got attacked by pirates today. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can see the terror in your eyes when you saw the Jolly Roger and the Jolly Rancher. As much as I would love to say, I also made a triumphant return to Michael's neighborhood one day and was like, listen here, pirates, I'm not afraid of you. I'll fight every single one of you guys. If you think you're going to intimidate me, you're wrong. I didn't. Um, mainly because I did not think we were winning round two. We barely got away round one. I had to, like, ride my bike into a closing garage door, basically. That would have been one hell of a clothesline. How'd you knock out your front teeth? Well, I was trying to get away from some dudes trying to rob me, and I ran full speed, or rode my bike full speed into a garage door. Ended up almost decapitating myself, but hey, I did get away. Like, we were a couple feet from being mincemeat. The last thing I want to do is do that again, so I never went to Michael's house again. That doesn't mean we didn't hang out, he just came to my house because my neighborhood had a surprising lack of pirates. I know, 21st century, no pirates, who would have thought? I would ask him though, I was like, hey, so what did you do next time they saw you? Like, what happened? Were they pissed? And he told me that he didn't really go outside and ride his bike anymore unless his older brother was with him, because his brother was even older than us, so they didn't really mess with him, because he was a lot bigger than they were. So he just didn't really go to the bike jumps or go outside alone, because yeah, he basically knew that if they ever got the chance, they were going to beat him up. But he would just hang out with his brother because they would leave him alone that way, which I don't know if that's the best way to live. I wouldn't want to be living in fear in my own neighborhood, not being able to ride my bike outside. But at least his older brother kept him safe like they did didn't mess with him, and as far as I know, they never stole his bike again. I would love to know what he said to his parents about that. I'm sure at some point they were like, hey, where's your bike? Oh, you know, the, the neighborhood pirates took it. The what? The neighborhood pirates. Mom, come on, I've told you about this a million times. They steal everyone's bikes? I have no clue what you're talking about. Overall, though, pretty uh, fun experience in retrospect. At the time, not fun. Retrospect, kind of fun. Just a little seafaring tip, I would recommend avoiding all types of pirates because I don't think being a captive of pirates would be a very good time. That being said, that's the best advice you could probably take from this video. Either way, last time I saw Sauerkraut Kid, he was trying to hire people to come after me for the broken stick, so I was just kind of a little bit more paranoid than normal when I was going to the park, but on this particular day I wanted to go, I was gonna go hang out with my friends and have a lightsaber battle. So I grabbed my plastic lightsaber, you know the ones that you can get from Walmart that's just like the plastic tube that you can flick out? I, I grabbed that and I start going to the park to meet my friends at the playground. And, uh, I didn't think that, like, my plastic lightsaber was as good as bear mace or anything, but in my head I thought that if Sauerkraut Kid comes off to, or after me, I can just smack him with a lightsaber, because if you've ever been smacked with one of those plastic lightsabers really hard, like, yeah, okay, it doesn't make you need to go to the hospital or anything, but it's certainly not pleasant. Pleasant? Oh my goodness, my voice is not working right now, I'm sorry, it's gonna get better from now on, I'm going pro mode. So I start walking to the park, and I don't think I'm gonna bump into one, but I'm feeling okay even if I do because of my lightsaber, and I assume that Sauerkraut Kid isn't there because I don't see anyone in the field, and that's usually where he would hang out. 
And uh, I start walking across the grass to the playground. And on the right-hand side of the grass, there was this tree line. And out of the tree line, I see Sauerkraut Kid walking out. And he's not paying attention to me, so I just kind of keep walking, hoping he won't realize who I am, because I'm just not trying to have another interaction. After that first one where he basically, like, was threatening me and trying to chase me around, hiding in the slide, stalking me, he wasn't number one on my list of people to see again. So I start walking, just gonna let him go out into the field, do what he wants to do, play with some dog poop again, whatever he's got going on. But as I'm past him, so he's behind me now, I hear him scream out, STOP! And I'm not a mathematician, I don't know what the odds are that he's yelling at me, but I'll say this, there was no one else in the field. I look over my shoulder a little bit, he's looking at me, so I'm assuming he's yelling stop at me, and I'm not planning on stopping. Obviously, if someone you don't want to talk to starts screaming at you to stop so they can talk to you, the last thing you're going to do is stop, so I just turn around and start walking faster. And when I start walking faster, he yells out to me again and says, freeze. And of course I don't freeze because you're not a cop. There's no reason for me to freeze. And now I know you want to come after me. It kind of reminded me of the first time I interacted with him when he was like, hey, don't do that. Yeah, okay, when you're chasing me saying you're going to attack me, I'm not really worried about what you want me to do. So I don't freeze and I hear footsteps coming up to me faster. So I start running. And uh, as those of you who saw part one would know, I'm a little bit faster than him. And instead of going to the slides where I ran last time, I know that my friends are going to be at the park. So I start running over there and I hear him gaining on me a little bit. And it just so happens that there was this part coming up where you had to like open this fence gate thing. And I knew that when I went to do that, he was going to catch up to me. And I'm not stoked about it, but I literally had no other option. So as I start approaching this gate thing, I like take out my plastic lightsaber. And I don't think it's going to do a whole lot, but I turn around and I tell him to stop. He doesn't seem too scared of it. I'm not going to say I blame him for that, but he starts getting closer. So I do what anyone would do in this situation when you've told someone to stop and they don't stop and you've got a plastic lightsaber. And I just start schwacking him with it. And uh, those things can hurt if someone's really going. I'm not saying I was the strongest little kid, but I was hitting as hard as I can. And that was probably a mistake, because instead of scaring him away, it was like I just made him angry. It'd be like if a bear attacked you and you didn't have bear mace, so you just sprayed him in the eyes with bug spray instead. Now you just have a pissed off bear coming after you. So at this point, I'm kind of pinned up against the gate, and uh, he tackles me to the ground once the lightsaber doesn't really do anything. And he's bigger than me, so it's not hard for him to take me to the ground, but as soon as I hit the ground, I just start thrashing around like a Tasmanian devil. For those of you that have ever played Crash Bandicoot before, you know the move when he like spins in a circle and punches everything within reach? That's kind of the attack I'm going for. I'm just swinging my fists around. And he's trying to pin me down, and he's like growl talking. I don't know if that makes sense. You know when someone's really mad and they're talking through gritted teeth? And he says how much he hates me, and I owe him for breaking his stick the last time that I saw him. Keep in mind, this is the guy who's angry that I broke the thing he was chasing me with to, like, hit me with dog poop. He was poking dog poop with this stick and then chased me with it. Anyone in that situation's gonna break it. But whatever, I don't really know what to do in this situation, but I'm starting to realize that there isn't much for me to do, so I start fighting a little bit dirty. Not saying it was the greatest idea, but I start just kind of pinching him to try to get him to let go. And I pinch him really hard and he lets go for a second. And as soon as he lets go, I kind of pop up and just start running towards the park. 
I get the gate open, start taking off. And I think I got away, and I'm not gonna get cocky or anything because I'm not trying to get caught, but I'm just sprinting towards the park and I don't really hear him. And I hear him scream no and I hear the gate open and I don't hear any footsteps or anything, but the next thing I feel is like a hand around my ankle. And I realize that this guy must have done like the Madden dive when someone's breaking away for the touchdown and you've got one last chance to try to tackle him. He must have done that to get out there and get a hold of my ankle. But he grabs it and pulls it back, and physics does what physics does, and I kind of slam onto the ground. And so I get up, and he won't let go of my ankle. So I start, like, pulling on my leg to try to get it out of his hand. And you would think at this point, I don't know, maybe he'll, like, get up or something. But in the moment, he must not have been thinking. And Sauerkraut Kid, who still smells like sauerkraut, by the way. It wasn't even just, like, a bad day for him the last time. This is just how he smells. Decides the best thing to do is to bite my ankle. So he just opens up wide. I didn't smell his breath, thankfully. I'm sure it would have smelled like beans and sauerkraut. And just takes a chunk out of my ankle. Not literally. He's not like a Tasmanian tiger. He's not a literal tiger. But he does bite me pretty hard. He didn't take a chunk out of me. It didn't break the skin. But it's enough to make me go, ow, ow, ow. And I'm close enough to the park that people can hear, so I see people looking. And at this point, this guy's biting my ankle. I don't really know what to do, so I just keep yelling. I don't care who comes over, the FBI, a parent, a group of kids. I, it doesn't matter, just someone come help me. And I see a few of my friends, so I wave, and they start coming over. And there was a group of moms who were there with, like, younger kids. Like, I I'm talking, these kids can't even talk English yet, you know? They're just sitting there, baba, goo goo, baba, gigi. So they're doing that, and so that group of moms starts coming over, my friends come over, my friends come over, and they're screaming at him to let go of my ankle. Because he's still biting my ankle, dude. Persistence on that guy. Last time I saw him, he kind of stalked me around the park for a while, made me take the tube slide escape. This time, his persistence was in making sure that I got a good dental match imprinted on my leg. If I would have gone missing, the cops would have found me and been like, yep, well, we got the dental records of whoever did this and printed on his ankle. Regardless, my friends come over and they start yelling at him to let go, and he's just not. I don't think he was really afraid of my friends because it's just a bunch of kids, and my friends probably would have pried him off my ankle. They wouldn't have done nothing. But as he's ignoring them, that group of moms pull up, and when you're a kid, nothing is more terrifying than, like, a group of angry moms. And they start screaming at him to let go. What's wrong with him? Why would he do that? Because I think they could tell from the look on my face that I was not having a good time. And it's just insane to see someone bite someone. So he lets go and I run over to my friends and I'm standing with them. Not too thrilled about the situation, but I also don't want them to like tell my parents because my parents aren't going to let me come back to the park. And the lady is like, why would you bite him? What's wrong with you? And Sauerkraut Kid starts trying to get me to cover for him, which is a horrible idea. I, I get he's afraid of getting in trouble, but you can't really attack me and bite me and then try to use me to cover for you because I'm just not going to do that. Anyways, Sauerkraut Kid starts trying to play it off and be like, oh, we were just friends, we're playing. Keep in mind, I have a huge red mark on my ankle now where his teeth have been just biting me for a while. And usually in this situation, I, I would say don't snitch, and I didn't snitch. But I wasn't going to let him say we were friends, and so I start being like, dude, I don't know you. We are not friends. And he starts looking around being like, dude, come on, stop playing with me. You know we were just goofing. 
that didn't feel like goofing to me. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was being tackled, uh, the being, like, attacked, or the being bitten. All of those things don't really feel like goofing around to me. Call me nuts, but I prefer my friend treat me like strangers and not attack me. Whatever, though, he starts trying to play it off, and I'm not really having it, and the ladies are just kind of standing there watching us argue back and forth, kind of like a Wii Sports tennis match, just no you, no you, no you, no you. And finally, I'm like, man, you've done this twice now, do you know how annoying that is? And at that point, the ladies scream out, they're like, he bit you twice? And so I do clarify that, like, no, he hasn't bit me twice, but twice now I've been trying to hang out at the park and he's just caused problems. And at that point, they want to go mind their business. They bit off more they can chew. So they're like, all right, we'll just play nice. Yep, that'll do it. Peace rates are, are across the nation sky high. Why didn't we think of that? We should just go to Russia and be like, guys, play nice. Play nice. Let's just be nice. And they'll be like, oh, you guys are right. We all should just be friends. So they leave. And at that point, he kind of walks away with his head tucked between his legs, his tail tucked between his legs. Not his head tucked between his legs, like, you know, he's walking away, but he wanted to keep an eye on us, so he's just got his head tucked between his legs. Not like that, but literally, like, dejectedly walking away. That's probably the better word for it. So he's kind of walking away, seeming like he's going to leave us alone, and my friends are all around, and they're kind of excited about it. Dude, that guy attacked you, and we saved you, blah, 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 it's so cool. And, uh, I'm not trying to crap on their parade, I'm still trying to play Star Wars. So we start kind of playing the game that we had planned on playing. And we're having ourselves a grand old time. And the way this playground worked, there was like two main stages that were raised like five feet off the ground. But underneath them, you could still kind of climb on the support beams. And so we were all playing down there and we were just having like lightsaber fights. And because we're all friends... The rule is don't smack each other too hard. It's just not a very good idea. It's just everyone's going to get hurt because it's not like if you smack someone really hard, they're just going to say, ow, that hurt. Don't do that again. No, they're going to smack you back. And then you're going to be mad that they smacked you for an accident. So you're going to smack them. We all know that it's just how it progresses. So we're all being really gentle, and one of the guys had brought a few extra of, like, the plastic lightsabers just in case people wanted to play, and we had left them over by this bench. And so me and my friend are having a lightsaber fight, and we're doing it gently. And I hear the guy that brought all the extra lightsabers be like, dude, you have to ask. You can't just take it. And so I look to see what's happening, and Sauerkraut Kid now has a lightsaber. Not only does he have a lightsaber, it happens to be red. That's just luck, but he's also a bad guy. If you're not a Star Wars fan, you don't get why that's funny. But he kind of starts walking at me, and I can tell by the look on his face that he's about to try to hit me really hard with a plastic lightsaber. So I kind of, like, walk away from my friend, and he runs off, and Sauerkraut Kid just starts running at me. And he doesn't have it out yet. I could just see it was red based on, like, the top of it. And the way that these plastic lightsabers work is you pull the button down, and you just flick your wrist. It's really, really simple, but he runs up to me and starts trying to, like, get it out, and he can't, and I'm just looking at him, and I say, why are you so obsessed with me? Because at this point, it's just starting to be weird. Every time I come to the park, the entire time I'm here, he's just either watching me or trying to fight me, and he says, I'm not obsessed with you, I'm just challenging you to a fight. So we both have our lightsabers, and he finally, after struggling with it for way too long, gets his lightsaber out. 
And I'm like, all right, but just don't hit too hard and I won't hit you too hard. I don't even know why I thought he was going to follow that rule. That was pretty stupid of me. As I said, I was uh, like two or three years younger than him and I was a little kid. So in my mind, once someone says they're not going to hit you very hard with the plastic lightsaber, you just won't do it. Because why would you do that? And he smiles and he agrees and we start going and the first time I get smacked is like on the right shoulder. And I realize that he's not going to stick to our agreement to not hit each other very hard because that hurt. So I start kind of like backing up just because he's bigger than me. Like there's only so much I can do. And he's just kind of walking at me, swinging it over his head like a baseball bat. And so I start taking my lightsaber and I just start whacking him in the ribs on the side as hard as he's trying to hit me. And he keeps getting madder and so he just starts trying to like really swing the lightsaber way too hard. And I don't know if you've ever watched someone be in a fight where like they just feel like punching as hard as they can is what matters. Obviously in a fight you want to punch hard. But if you've ever seen someone get in a fight and they're just throwing haymakers and it's like such a dramatic punch that there's no way the person's going to let themselves get hit. And yeah, it's powerful, but they're never going to hit anyone. He's doing that equivalent with this like plastic toy sword and just swinging it. And I'm just kind of backing up. And we're getting near this point where I know that there's a pretty steep hill coming up. So I turn around and I just start running up to where this steep hill drops off. And when I say steep hill, it's more like, uh, what, what is it? What's the opposite of steep? Angular cliff? Like it's more of just a straight drop off than it is a hill. You're not going to plummet like 40 feet straight down. But if you fall off the little like three foot ledge, you're rolling down the hill and you're rolling fast. And I start running and I hear sauerkraut kids start screaming that I need to stop running away from him and blah. And I'm not going to stop running away from you because he's just bigger than me. Like there's not much I can really do. I'm not going to take him in a one-on-one fight. I already know he's willing to bite me. And on top of that, he's just like double my size. There's, there's only so much you can do when the person's just twice the size of you. Imagine being a six foot tall guy. And then some dude that's like 12 feet tall starts trying to pick a fight. He probably wasn't literally double the size. But some guy that's nine feet tall starts trying to pick a fight. You just don't really have good odds. But I know he's mad at me, so he just starts chasing me up the hill. And I run to the top where that little ledge is. And I jump because what my thought was is if I jump off this little three-foot ledge and I land straight and then back up against the wall, I won't roll. So I do that and it just happens to work out. There was like eight and a half inches of just flat right at the top where the ledge was. But I hear him running and I don't hear him slowing down. And I'm not saying this was my plan because, of course, that would be mean. But when he comes running up and keeps running and doesn't have time to stop himself before he starts rolling down the hill, I might have giggled a little bit. And that's exactly what happens. He, like, runs off and hits the hill. And he's not going to roll hard and, like, break his bone, but he just kind of had to embrace it. And you know how kids roll down, like, a grass hill? He just does that and he starts rolling. And I'm watching him roll down the hill, and it's not like we had an insane lightsaber fight. I literally ran away. But I'm having a little bit of a moment as I'm watching him roll. I'm like, this is what Obi-Wan felt like after he beat Anakin on the lava planet. Mustafar was crazy. Like, I'm just having myself a little Star Wars moment because, I don't know, little kids, you just got a big imagination. So I go back to my friends and I say, look, I'm going to go home because that kid just keeps trying to fight me and whatnot. And he just chased me up the hill. He rolled down the hill. I'm just going to leave because I don't want to keep dealing with this. And my friends are like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, we get it, man. And the kid who had brought all the lightsabers says, well, where's the lightsaber that he took? And I'm like, I don't know, man. 
and he gets a little mad at me. Well, you let him take the lightsaber? Dude, I didn't let him take anything. You're the one who left him by the bench. If you don't want people to take it, don't set them out and say, anyone take one if you want one. And on top of that, when he's chasing me, I'm sorry that my number one priority was getting away. It wasn't really my friend's plastic lightsaber that cost $12. Yes, that's a fortune to a little kid. I'm not denying that. But at the same time, like, I'm not, I'm not going to politely ask him to give me the lightsaber and then roll down the hill so I can get away. So whatever. We're arguing for a bit, and I decide to leave, so I start going across the field. And by the time I'm halfway across the field, Sauerkraut Kid has now gotten back up the hill over to where my friends are. And the only reason I know that is he starts screaming like, where's Ryan? Where's Ryan? At this point, he had learned my name. We've, we've encountered each other like three times now. Where is he? Where is he? And my friends are like, he went home. And Sauerkraut Kid has also deducted at this point that I live this direction because I always come across the field. So he had a white shirt on and most of my friends had jackets on. So it just looked very distinctive. And I start watching this white t-shirt just come sprinting over to the field where I am. So I take off to the corner just cause I, I'm already out of energy. I've been running the entire time. I'm not trying to deal with this. So I get back across and I cross the street. And that must have been where he like was no longer allowed to run and have free reign because he stopped at the corner and started saying that next time I came to the park, there was gonna be issues and blah, blah. And of course, little kid me is like, all right, man, whatever, I'm going to be back. Oh, I don't care. And I did end up going back and we did have another interaction. But that was the second time I interacted with Sauerkraut Kid when he tried to, like, come attack me with a plastic lightsaber. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. And, uh, as I said, we're back with part five of the Sauerkraut Kid saga. You guys have been absolutely loving this series, so if you're still enjoying it, be sure to press the like button and let's go. Alright, so last time I saw Sauerkraut Kid was, like, at the skate park when I was 12, 13 years old, and we didn't really have any other incidents for a bit. In fact, I had kind of gone on, got into high school, got through my freshman year, became a sophomore, was doing my thing, living my life, before I even ever saw the kid again. So I was a sophomore and I had a class with like a bunch of seniors and one of them I became friends with and he was throwing a party and he invited me. And like in retrospect, it didn't really matter that he invited me, but at the time I was hyped, bro. A senior invited me to his party. I was stoked. I was ready to rock and roll, go to a real party. And like in retrospect, it really didn't matter. But at the time, I thought it was a pretty big deal. I was hyped and I had never really been to like a real party before, you know, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. So I was excited. And when I get there, my excitement immediately got swallowed whole, almost like a black hole, just sucked up and destroyed. Because, you know, 15-year-old me didn't really know a whole lot of people at this party. In fact, the only two people I knew were the two people that I recognized from the class that I have. And one of them, the guy who invited me, was the host, so, like, he's mad busy, and I didn't know anyone. And now I would just go around a party and make friends. Like, it's not that weird. But at the time, I was super shy and, like, did not want to go make a fool out of myself. So I'm kind of standing in the corner like an awkward loser. I'm gonna roast myself, man. I was being straight-up weird. I'm, like, sipping on a soda pop, standing in the corner, looking at the corner... I, okay, I wasn't looking at the corner. I won't do myself that dirty. But, you know, I wasn't going out of my way to initiate conversation with anyone either. And I decide that, like, I'm gonna go out of this first room that I had walked into into a different one. And off of this first room was this huge open room, the living room. 
and it looked like that had kind of become the de facto dance floor. And then off that was these stairs that you would walk up that kind of overlooked this like living room where everybody was dancing. So I decided to just go upstairs and see what was going on because it looked like there was a loft area where a bunch of people were. So I start going up the stairs and as I am I start looking at this dance floor that's right next to the stairs like that's why it was there so you would look at it. And I'm gonna be honest, I may have been young, but I know cringe when I see cringe, and that dance floor was something foul to have to look at. It should have been a punishment. Like, I feel like a judge could punish somebody to have to watch that dance floor, and it would work as a punishment. That thing was wider than mayo, bro. I'm not sure what song they were listening to, but they were just not moving to the beat whatsoever. It, it was mad embarrassing, so I go upstairs. And I'm just cringing as I'm walking up the stairs and I get up there and it opens up to my left to this like big loft room. And there's a bunch of people in this like lofty room and uh, it's really crowded. You know that shoulder to shoulder looking crowd where it just looks like it wouldn't even be comfortable to walk in there? That's what I see. So I decide to go to my right into this other room instead of going into the room that's so crowded it doesn't even look like people can breathe very well. You try to take a deep breath, someone pushes your ribs back in, like, Hey bro, stop, you're digging into my sides. So I start walking away, and as I'm walking away, I hear my name. And I have a pretty common name, it's not like a name that necessarily I assume people are always talking to me when I hear it, so I keep walking, but then I hear it again louder, and I turn around, and I see like a dude coming out of this crowd, and I can't really make out who it is, it's a really big crowd, there's a few people coming out, I don't know who said my name, or like who's just leaving. And finally, out from the crowd, steps Sauerkraut Kid, almost like a video game cutscene where the boss steps forward, man. I, I really could not believe that he had managed to find his way back into my life. Last time we saw each other, he was like my age, 15, and I was 12, 13. So now he's either 17 or like an adult. He's way older than me and I assumed he said my name to be like, hey, good to see you, man. I don't know. I just thought it would be really weird if this grown man had carried over all this beef. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like if I have any beef with you that's over two years old, it just doesn't really exist anymore. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't care that much. Unless you did something really annoying, I'm just not the type to hold a grudge. And especially if we're talking about stuff that happened when you're like, I don't know, 12. I'm gonna hold it against you when you're 24. That's a little bit absurd. Not that I was 24, but I just assumed by the time this guy was 18, he'd be over some drama he had at 14, 15 years old. But I guess not, cause Sauerkraut Kid starts going off on me saying that I'm not allowed to be here. And I'm confused cause I don't think it's his house and I also don't think he's the person who invited me. So I kind of tell him that like, well I was invited by the host so I don't really care if you want me to be here, I'm gonna be here. And on top of it, there's all these people here and he comes up and starts pressing me and it's not like anyone's backing him up. If a bunch of people would have said you gotta go, I probably would have left. But just sauerkraut kid coming up to me out of a crowd and saying I have to leave with no one following him. It's like I'm not gonna listen to you man. If I know anyone's the type to just have a bunch of stupid drama, it's you. But he says that he doesn't know how we feel about that and he says we in a way that implies there's a group. And as I said, he's alone. So as soon as he says that, I'm like, dude, I don't know who this we you keep talking about is but you're standing by yourself. And he looks around and genuinely looks surprised that nobody came to back him up. 
I don't know if in that other room he was with a group of people who were like, yeah, let's go confront that kid right now. But once he realizes he's alone, he turns back and gives me a dirty look and says, like, dead seriously that I'm going to regret it if I don't leave. And he lifts his hands up. And if somebody says you're going to regret it if you don't do what I just said and starts lifting up their hands, I don't know if this is, like, paranoid of me, but I just assume that means that you want to fight me. I really don't think that makes me crazy. I think that would be obvious. But when he says, I've got to leave or I'm going to regret it and starts lifting his hands, I assume he wants to fight. So I start lifting my hands up to like fight him back. And he looks at me confused and says, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, if you're going to fight me, I'm not going to let you punch me in the face. And he says, no, I don't want to fight you. We've got to settle this like men. We have to dance battle. What? What are you talking about, man? You said that I have to leave the party or I'm going to regret it, and you're referencing a dance battle? You want a dance battle, man? What is this, dance dance revolution? What is this, high school musical? Like, who's sitting there having a bunch of beef with somebody, confronting them at a party, and then as they're confronting them says, well, there's only one way to settle this, and then like a sick bass line starts going in the background? And I am just kind of flabbergasted because I'm not Zac Efron. This is not High School Musical. I'm not going to get into a dance battle, and neither are you. You're not Zac Efron either, so I think we're both just going to embarrass ourselves here. But he's completely serious. Like, I thought he was trolling or maybe was just going to try to, I, I don't know, con me into getting into a dance battle so I would embarrass myself. I'm probably giving him a little bit too much credit for thinking that through too much, but... I just assume no one would be dumb enough to actually challenge someone to a dance battle. Unless you're a really good dancer, which neither of us was. I have absolutely zero faith that either one of us would have done anything but embarrassed ourselves. And that's exactly what did end up happening. So I just laugh at him and go to walk past him and go home. I chalk this up to like this entire night being a bust. I saw my friend. I said hi. It was cool. I wish it would have been a bit cooler. But I'm Audi. I'm not going to stick around and have this guy following me around, begging me to dance battle, whatever. And as I go to walk past him to leave the room, he does what I can only describe as like a robotic electric slide over to me and blocks where I'm going to walk and starts doing like these robot dance moves. But not a good robot. I would have given Sauerkraut Kid credit if he was insanely annoying but a good dancer. That's not what was happening. This robot kind of looked like somebody programmed it, but they were eating a Hot Pocket and grease kept dropping onto their keyboard and short-circuiting it because it just kept like moving really weird. It was really bizarre. And I say, hey man, can you move? And he says... You think you can leave after I challenge you to a dance battle? Don't you know what happens if you back down from a dance battle? You can't do that. No, I'm not too familiar on what happens if I back down from a dance battle. I didn't realize there was a set of rules I had to agree to. I also love how he said I can't do that. Like, you can't back down from a dance battle. Was that written down somewhere? Did I miss some weird ancient totem in Egypt that said, like, you cannot leave a dance battle, otherwise you'll be cursed by a demon? But he's looking at me completely serious. And I'm still trying to figure out if this is just some, like, long play troll, if he's gonna try to just make me embarrass myself somehow. But the more he goes on about how, like, we have to dance battle and I can't back down, the more sure I become that he's just 100% serious. 
He must have spent the last weekend watching those old, like, dance battle movies. What is it? Step Up, you know? Or, like, what's that other one with Channing Tatum where they're doing all the dancing? I don't know if that's the same movie. Oh, yeah? You you think you own this neighborhood? Well, we'll have a dance battle. And then Channing Tatum just starts, like, spinning on his head. And you're like, what, what was going on in the early 2000s? Some of the weirdest movies were made in the early 2000s. You had movies about dance battles. But let's talk about Spy Kids, where the bad guys in Spy Kids were just bad thumbs. How much acid was the guy who made the script to Sky or Spy Kids on, not Sky Kids? Oh, they're kids who can fly, not Sky Kids, Spy Kids. Think about how bizarre that first movie is. Like, what was he on to think of that entire concept? Anyways, he keeps trying to challenge me to a dance battle, so I do what anyone would do in that situation, and I laugh at him and, like, move past him and start going down the stairs. And I was expecting to be left alone while I'm walking down the stairs. It's not a place to mess around. So many injuries happen on the stairs, man. But he's going behind me, like, dancing. And at first, nobody's looking, but by the time we're going to the bottom of the stairs, people are noticing and looking, but not in a good way. You know when people are staring more because they're trying to make sure that you're okay, that, like, everything's alright? They're looking more with concern? That's the look they're giving him, because his dancing did look like he might have been having a medical emergency. If you didn't know any better, you thought he might have had, like, some food poisoning going on that had started to deteriorate his central nervous system. It looked like he might have been having, like, a, a little bit of a seizure, maybe. I'm not sure. But whatever it was, it did not look like dancing. And so he's doing this behind me, and everyone's staring, and I'm turning bright red because as everyone's staring at him dancing, he's close to me. So everyone's staring at me, and I'm like, I'm not this guy's friend. I don't want people to get the wrong idea and think I'm escorting him to the dance floor to really tear it up. I'm just trying to go home. So we get to the bottom of the stairs, and I turn left to go to the front door and go home, and he goes to dance. And so I turn just to see what he does on the dance floor, because I'm not going to lie, curiosity did kill the cat. I wanted to see what would happen. I was dramatically curious. If it was anything like what he had already been doing, I knew it was going to be embarrassing. And he gets out there and starts dancing. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see because I don't even know if you can describe it as that. Legally, if I described it as dancing, I might be open to like a, a, a false claims lawsuit. I don't know what that would be called, just misleading the public or whatever. Because it looked more like somebody being electrocuted. It looked like he accidentally stuck a fork in a socket and just started doing the boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep. Like, it, it looked rough. And everybody's watching, and they're not laughing or clapping or booing. They're, they're really just confused. And I think he took their confusion as if, like, they were mystified, you know? Wow, they're literally speechless. They don't even know what to think because I'm tearing up the dance floor so good. Sauerkraut Kid was not huge on self-awareness. I think that's why he smelled like sauerkraut. If you had some self-awareness, you would realize people think you smell bad. That was not there. So he's dancing, and everyone at the party is just kind of staring as he's doing it because it's really weird. It's not very good. And he looks at me, and I'm kind of staring now because I can't look away. It's a little bit like a car crash, like a train wreck. You can't help but just look at it and be like, wow, this is so horrible, but I can't stop watching. And you know that dance move people do where they do the lasso and they throw it at people to, like, pull them onto the dance floor? He starts trying to do that to me, but angrily. Like, very clearly pissed off while he's trying to do it. 
And I'm not playing along with it. Like, I'm just not going to do that. But everyone turns and starts looking at me. And now people start to laugh because they think that we're doing like a comedy bit. I don't know if they thought we were both in on the joke or something, but that's how bad it was that people thought it was a joke. So I turn to leave, but my friend comes around the corner and says, bro, do you know this guy? And I'm like, not really. And he says, well, it'd be really funny if you would just like dance battle him to see how much more he'd embarrass himself. And I would love to say that at this point I said, I'm not susceptible to peer pressure, sir. But I didn't. I didn't. I said, okay, but you have to understand that I'm kidding. And he said, all right. And I go out there and I just am kind of standing there. I'm not going to dance. I don't know how to dance. I, I think if I tried to dance, I would have embarrassed myself even more. And I don't go out there with the rope lasso thing. He drops that before I go out there. I was not going to go out there while he's doing that. I just refuse. Anyways, him and I are out there and there's like a crowd around us. And he starts giving me this cringe speech about how he's going to destroy me with his moves. And my ego is going to be left permanently bruised. He was doing a whole lot of dancing, but as soon as I stand there, he wants to do, like, the monologue. It's not the first time he's monologued me, either. That must just be his thing. He thinks he's in, like, a Shakespearean play, an anime of some sort. I will destroy you with my moves. Okay, dude, either destroy me or don't. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just tired of hearing you saying you're going to destroy me with the dance moves. Either do the dancing or don't. Whatever, I'm kind of like, okay, then let's see it. And he takes a step back, tells everyone to move. So everyone takes a few steps back, I take a few steps back, and he goes to do like a head spin break dancing move, which if he would have landed, would have been sick. I don't know how people do that. They really make themselves a human Beyblade and just start spinning. I don't know, man, it's sick. But he fails. He goes up on his head and gets his feet above his head, but he doesn't actually spin. And if you've ever done that, then you just kind of fall. Like, there's no way to really keep yourself balanced. But we're in a circle full of people. So he falls, and he's just falling out of control. And as he's falling, his right foot just smacks into this girl's face. And it doesn't just lightly smack into her face. Like, it smacks her in the face. She had glasses on. They go falling off her face. It looked like they were broken. She has a drink. It spills everywhere. And he falls down and pops back up onto his feet and looks around. And everyone's crowded around this girl like, are you okay? She just got kicked in the face by someone that smells like sauerkraut. It's never a position you want to be in in life. Hopefully at no point in your autobiography do you say that this has happened to you. And people start being like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why would you kick her? Like, why would you do that? And he starts saying, well, it was an accident. It was an accident. And nobody really cares at that point because she's still on the ground, like holding her face. He kicked her really hard and everyone's pretty pissed because this guy just kicked her in the face. And he keeps trying to be like, whatever, it's not a big deal. It was an accident. And even if it was an accident, the least you could do is act mortified and go apologize because you're still in the wrong. You still should feel crappy even if it was an accident. You just kick someone in the face. But he keeps trying to act like it's not a big deal. And I'm standing there just mortified by this all. And then people start being like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why would you think that's funny? And I'm like, I don't think it's funny. And they start saying, well, then why were you dancing with them? I'm like, I'm not, bro. Somebody told me it would be funny if I came out here and stood here. So that's what I did. I wasn't dancing with them. And he starts trying to say that, like, I'll back him up. I'll back him up. And everybody on the dance floor is mad. And pretty quickly, they start getting confused and think that I'm with Sauerkraut Kid, that this is somehow a team effort. 
As if I would ever co-sign people kicking people in the face, I'm gonna say it right now for everyone on YouTube to know. Don't kick people in the face, especially in a dance battle. It's uncalled for. If you're in a karate tournament, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess go for it. But you shouldn't just kick people in the face and like, don't try to bring me down with you, bro. But everybody's all mad and they start saying that we should go, we should go, and he says, yeah, let's go. And he leaves and I'm standing there. And then everyone turns on me and starts saying, you gotta go with your friend, man. And I try to clear it up and be like, yo, I'm not his friend, like, I'm not his friend, and it doesn't really work, so I have to leave. And I walk outside and I'm pretty pissed. Because I was going to leave anyways, but I didn't plan on being kicked out and being made to feel awkward like everyone's staring at me while I left. I just planned on walking out, but now, of course, Sauerkraut Kid made it some ginormous event. Felt like I'm in a Roman Colosseum, bread and circuses out here. But I see Sauerkraut Kid, and he's like, oh, did you get kicked out too? And I'm like, I didn't want to get kicked out, but you said I was with you. And he laughs and says, fair enough though, right? No, not fair enough, man. I'm not with you. I'm not with you. I had nothing to do with this. You tried to spin on your head and you didn't even have it in, like you didn't have the move down. That's what I don't get. I feel like spinning on your head would be cool in a dance battle, but if you've never done it before, if you have no clue if you're gonna land it, why would you try it? That's like somebody saying, oh, I'm gonna try a backflip and then just sending it. They don't try it on a trampoline. They don't start on a foam pit. They just backflip right there and break their neck. And you're like, well, why would they have ever thought that was a good idea? All right, so uh, like I said already a little bit, today's story time takes place at the skate park that I would hang out most often after school where, uh, you know, me and my friends were kind of what you would call the regulars of the park. And I don't mean that in a way that like we had any special privileges or anything. There was just a group of people that would be there, you know, once, twice a week, people that you just kind of knew that there was the possibility of being there. We would go after school and just kind of hang out, do our thing, and uh, I'm not trying to make it sound like I was Tony Hawk or anything. I was never insanely good at skateboarding, but I just kind of liked hanging out at the skate park. I liked to skate, so it was something that we would just go do after school, and every now and then somebody would pull up that wasn't a regular, and like I said, it wasn't a bad thing. We wouldn't say anything. We wouldn't treat them differently. You just were kind of like, oh, you're not usually here after school, you know, because there was a group of people that were always there. And on this particular day, it was me and all my friends from school and a couple of kids from the other school that were usually there. And all of the sudden, this group of people pulled up and I could only describe them as like hot topic goth kids. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that to each their own. You know, if you want to dress like a hot topic goth kid, by all means, go for it. I had a little bit of an emo phase I'm embarrassed of too. That being said, it was just kind of evident from like the second that they stepped into the skate park that they were a little bit more focused on fashion and just kind of looking like skaters than like actually riding the skateboards. You know, and it became obvious to me that that was the case when I overheard them saying that like they would try to learn how to ollie and kickflip, but they had looked it up and realized that if you learn how to ollie and kickflip on a skateboard that you were going to scuff their vans and they didn't want them to get scuffed at all. Which listen, man, if you're afraid of messing up your shoes, uh, skateboarding is just really not the hobby for you. There's nothing you can do about it. Like if you're going to do anything on a skateboard. Your shoes are just going to get messed up in one way or another. So that was kind of the vibe right away. And they were just kind of standing in the way of stuff we were trying to skate. You know, they weren't too familiar with the rules of the skate park. And we weren't trying to have any beef. We were just kind of dealing with it. No one was saying anything because obviously it's a skate park. It's not our skate park. We have no right to like tell anyone they're in our way or anything because we don't own it. But regardless, one of these times, one of my friend went to do a trick and like accidentally went near one of them and said, oh, I'm sorry. 
sorry. And the response to, oh, I'm sorry, wasn't like, hey, it's cool. Uh, they hissed at him instead, literally like a <laughs> And listen, man, like I said, we weren't trying to have any beef. We weren't trying to fight anyone. They were just being really weird about like having us be at the skate park, even though, you know, we were just trying to use it the same way they were. And, you know, they just kind of had this energy about them of like, stay away from us, you know, or, or we'll hurt you. Like they're literally hissing at my friend for accidentally getting near them and then being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like we really were not trying to have any issues. And on top of them looking tough, like trying to look tough, we were really confused why they were trying to do that because they had brought their moms with them. Yeah, that's right. You know, Hot Topic crew and the gang had literally brought their moms to the skate park to like watch them skate, which listen, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, man. I love my mom. But here's the thing. You can't be like rolling around the skate park acting like you own the place, you know, hissing at people, like just having an attitude about it. If your mom is also sitting right outside of the skate park watching you, man, like, listen, you're just not doing anything to make yourself look more intimidating. Like, I understand the situation. Maybe your mom said you can only go to the skate park if I come. That's all right. Everybody's been in a situation where they're a little embarrassed, bro, but you can't be acting like a tough guy hissing at everybody while, you know, mom and the gang sitting right outside with juice boxes and orange slices. Regardless, the emo kid that had hissed at my friend was like over and over again, trying to land this ollie down this two-stair in the park. It was a pretty wide two-stair, but he just couldn't get it. And so my friend's kind of watching this and he was annoyed that he had gotten hissed at because, you know, he had been trying to be nice and now he had decided to be petty. And I'm not saying that I supported his decision to be petty. I told him it was a stupid idea, but he was kind of like, all right, next time he messes up, I'm just going to go ollie down the two-stair. So he watches him do it. He messes up and my friend just goes and does it first try, which I will be completely honest. You know, I'm not going to defend my friend. That's just kind of a douche move. Like, listen, so is hissing at somebody when they try to be nice and apologize. But overall, there's just kind of this etiquette at a skate park that like if you see someone trying a trick over and over and over again and you can nail it first try you just shouldn't it's not like it's against the rules or anything like it's not like it's written down oh you can't do a trick if somebody else is trying to do it but you know it's just kind of rude because if he's been trying it for 20 minutes and you go up and do it and make it look easy you're basically saying he sucks right but whatever my friend goes and he ollies down the stairs right after he messes up and he's just trying to get back at him for hissing I don't agree that was the right move but the emo kid gets really really mad about the fact that my friend just did that and instead of hissing at him again like he's in the cats musical or something he decides this time to just throw his skateboard at him and obviously my friend had known that what he was doing was like probably gonna cause a problem so he had been waiting for the guy to say something or do something so he was ready for it and thankfully jumps out of the way but at that point they're like oh yeah you want to fight bro you want to fight what's wrong with you man or you know my friend at least thought it was about to be a fight because as my friend is going over to like fight the kid who threw the skateboard at him he gets pushed out of the way by the kid's mom the moms had been outside obviously she wasn't just gonna watch all this go down and at that point my friend and everybody else in the skate park was like ah oh, great my friend's about to get yelled at and he deserves it you know like he did kind of start this we're gonna have to go defuse this situation goodness gracious you know we all expected her to just start reaming into my friend for like going and doing the trick and causing all this but instead she just kind of like pushes my friend out of the way and goes up to our son instead and she's like why are you throwing the skateboard at people what's wrong with you you know like are you serious
serious? That's it. We're going home, young man. I'm not going to sit here and watch you throw things at strangers. And she's just kind of tearing into him about how, like, inappropriate that was and how she's going to take him home. And listen, obviously, you know, throwing your skateboard at somebody's not very nice. Was it the most extreme possible reaction to what my friend did? Yeah, but, like, you know, my friend did still kind of do something a little douchey. Sure, is it ever okay to, like, punch someone in the head if they steal your parking spot? Absolutely not. 100% no. But you could probably be a little upset. Obviously, though, like, when she's screaming at him, we're all laughing because how could you not? These kids have been acting all tough, hissing at us, you know, threw a skateboard at my friend and his mom won't let him fight. She, like, pushed my friend out of the way to come yell at him. And on top of it, it's even funnier because we all know that, like, my friend didn't start it, but, like, definitely did not help by doing the trick right in front of him. But of course, the goth kid is kind of like in the middle of getting yelled at and he hears us laughing and he decides that he doesn't want to just like look like a baby and not be tough. So he decides to, you know, threaten his mom, which I'm not understanding. That doesn't make anyone look tough. But he's like, mom, if you don't get out of my face right now, then I'm going to knock you out. Like, I'm not playing. You're not going to embarrass me in front of all these people after they just did what they did. Like, get out of my face or I swear I'm going to knock you out, mom. And at that point, all of us are watching and all of us are like, whoa, relax, bro. And we start kind of of going over there to push them apart. You know, we don't want to watch anybody, like, punch their mom in the face. That's not what any of us are here to do. We're just here to skate. Like, listen, you want to fight my friend? Eh, whatever. Like, until it's really bad, I'm not getting involved. Like, I'm not going to let you just knock out your mom. And especially because you just shouldn't fight your mom. Especially if you're just doing it to, like, prove that you're tough to us. Like, what what's wrong with you, man? Listen, I think everybody could agree that, like, at some point in your life, your mom has made you insanely angry, okay? But never once in my life has my mom pissed me off and I've been like, hey, maybe the good old one-two combo would be very good, you know, Mike Tyson punch out. Like, I've never had that approach to my, my parents making me angry, you know, especially if it's like Mother's Day or something. I'm not like, here, mom, I brought you a knuckle sandwich from Subway. Like, I just feel like certain things are just uh, supposed to be off limits. Fighting your mom is one of them. Regardless, we're all telling him to relax and we start going over there to try to be like, hey, bro, there's no reason to do this. And as we're walking over there, his mom kind of like puts her arms out in a way that's just like, stop, you know, and so we just kind of stop in our tracks because we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know that, like, she was going to stop us and tell us she didn't need help or anything. We thought she'd be at least a little bit scared, you know, or at least, like, want him to get away from us. But she looks at her son after he says this and tells us to stop and says, All right, you know what? You want to be so tough and threaten to hit your mom? Go ahead and do it. But if you punch like you threw that skateboard, then I'm not scared at all. And obviously, we're all like, Oh, that was not what we were expecting her to say. And the kid's response to that is to kind of ball up his fist and go to swing on his mom. But as he's swinging, his mom, like, grabs his arm and pulls it back down and is like, oh, that was a big mistake, young man. And, like, his fist is now down by his side again. And she takes her other hand and she grabs his ear and drags him by his ear. Not, like, literally. Like, he's walking with her. You know when someone's like, ow, ow, pulling on the ear? Drags him over to his skateboard and picks it up and then just starts pulling him out of the park. And we're all standing there watching this. Like, what is going on, dude? His mom had just gone full key. Keanu Reeves from the Matrix, predicted the next attack move like an anime character and then deflected it like a Pokemon using Protect, dude. Like, literally, I'm gonna hit you. You can't hit me. You hit like you throw a skateboard, then you suck. He goes for it, just grabs the fist. Big mistake, pal. You know, I don't know if his mom was literally like a, like just some kung fu master or whatever. Haha, you tried to defeat my shield. At your power level, you forgot that my mom training makes me impervious to people weak in the martial arts field. 
and then she like just Doctor Strange disembodies him to the shadow realm, you know, just we, you know, where'd he go? Nobody knows. Either way, we're all just kind of standing there not believing that we just witnessed this lady block a punch with the ease of like spelling your name in cursive once you've learned it, you know, and uh, she's just dragging him out of the skate park with her skateboard in one uh, hand or his skateboard in one hand and his ear in her other hand. And as she's kind of going out to the car, she's talking to the other moms about how like kids will be kids sometimes and she's got to take care of this. So, you know, she'll have to talk to them later. And oh, his dad's not going to be happy when we get home. She's just talking about it like it's it's a relatively normal situation. You know, you'd think there'd be like some embarrassment like, oh, man, wow, I can't believe my kid just did that. I'm so sorry. I'm out of here. Nah, it was just like, hey, Tuesdays. Am I right, Jimmy? And what really confused me, too, is that none of the other moms seemed shocked or surprised at all. They were just kind of talking back like it's a normal Tuesday as well. Like, oh, OK, well, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll see you later. These things happen. Let us know how it goes. Send a, send a message to the group text later. Oh, when your kid tried to swing on you, what happened? Gee, Williker, see you next week on Dragon Ball Z. Just like it was completely normal, which was very confusing to me because I did not realize that this was something that most people were out there doing. The the son mom like boxing arena league, whatever. Like I didn't know that that was a thing and it probably should not be. I don't know what type of secret crime fighting club these ladies were a part of, but clearly they were tougher than everybody that was currently at the skate park, bro. They probably could have taken a 1v20 of a battalion of angry soldiers with just like how laid back they seemed about everything that had just gone down. But whatever, you know, it was very bizarre, but they end up in their car and they end up leaving and we're like, all right, well, I guess they're gone. The kid's not here to fight with us or hiss at us anymore. So uh, I guess we're cool. Anyways, me and all my friends are just standing in the skate park like what just happened, you know, because obviously it's not something that we witness every day and the rest of the moms start like gathering up the rest of this little emo group and they all get ready to leave too and not like quickly after all this has gone down. Uh, we are now the only people left in the skate park, dude. It was as if they had come here to stage that little performance of whatever that was and dip. And so they're all leaving and everyone's just still kind of standing there processing what happens. But now that they're not around to hear anything, we start making jokes about it and are like shocked about what's going on. You know, and we're all having a great time. Like, oh my gosh, dude, we just fought a vampire cult from Twilight. Like, what just happened? Like, did anyone record that? You know, everyone's just kind of memeing around. And as we're laughing and joking about it, one of my friends goes, hey, shut up. And he points at the parking lot and obviously you know when someone says shut up and points at something you're gonna take a look over so uh, I turn that direction looking in the parking lot and I'm gobsmacked because I'm like 80% sure that the car that the goth kid that had tried to fight his mom and his mom had gotten into and driven away was back you know uh, obviously like different cars can exist that like look the same but we were pretty sure it was them and we're kind of like why are they here you know are they coming back to fight us with a crowbar or something like what is happening then it's just kind of parked in the parking lot for a bit and you know the longer it's there We're either thinking they're either really pissed off or it's a different car And finally after staring at it for a bit the passenger door opens and the goth kid gets out and starts walking over to us looking embarrassed you know when someone's just kind of like walking like they're not happy, you know, like with whatever they're about to do, they're just not too thrilled with it. That's just the vibe that he is very, very strongly giving off. Almost as if he's being forced, you know, his mom's told him that he needs to come back here and talk to us or something and he just was like, please don't make me do this. But regardless, he's kind of walking up head down and he stops about 25 feet away from the park entrance and he's just kind of standing there looking at us and we're looking at him, obviously. And then we uh, hear like the car 
car window rolling down and his mom yells out the driver's window. She's like, you better go over there or you're going to be in big trouble. You know what happens if you don't go over there and apologize now. And you know, you can kind of see him thinking about it for a second, almost weighing the options between just running as far as he can and changing his name or like going in and just dealing with it. And he reluctantly walks into the skate park and he walks right up to my friend that he had thrown the skateboard at, hissed at, you know, the one that they had been kind of beefing with each other. And he says, hey man, I'm really sorry about throwing the skateboard. I'm having a rough day and I'm sorry I took it out on you. But he's not saying it like, I, I, listen, it could have been a genuine apology. You know when it sounds like someone's reading a script though that like someone told them to say, hey man, I am really sorry for throwing the skateboard. It will not happen. I had a bad day. And so my friend's like, uh, okay, obviously his mom's kind of putting them up to this. So he goes, it's okay, man. You know, I kind of knew that you weren't going to be happy when I did the trick right in front of you. And the emo kid's like, yeah, well, uh, you know, my mom said if I didn't come apologize that I was going to be grounded for three months, so I guess I've apologized. And my friend looks at him, and like, obviously, you know, these two guys don't love each other. He goes, well, you probably shouldn't have tried to swing on your mom. And the emo kid doesn't even deny it. He's just like, yeah. And then he just stands there, dude. And when I say he just stands there, I mean, like, he's just kind of looking at us, and we're all looking at each other and looking at him. And you know when something's just so awkward and silent that, like, you can hear your breathing, you know, you're hearing people's clothes moving. If you listen too carefully, you can hear like your blood flowing through your head. It's just that silent and everyone's just kind of standing there for what should have been the most awkward minute ever. And then he just kind of turned and walked away. And as he's walking out, he gets to like the gate, right? And he turns around and obviously we're all looking at him and he's like, can I say one more thing? And we're like, yeah, man, go for it. You know, at that point, you've already said enough weird stuff. This can't get any weirder. So whatever, say whatever you got to say, get it off your chest. Sorry, dog, go bark. And so then he kind of puffs up his chest a bit and he looks like he's about to say something really, really serious, deep, you know, just the most intense thing ever. And he's like, you are lucky that my mom was here. Otherwise, I would have destroyed you like I have the enemies of my past lives. I'll have you know that I was in charge of an army at one point and many lifetimes ago, and you're lucky that she was here to save you. Otherwise, you would have felt the wrath of all of the training that I've received throughout all variations of my past lives. Do you understand that my mom is the only reason you are not facing me in combat right now? And everyone's just kind of standing there like, what in the world is he talking about? And we don't know what to say, so we're just kind of like, okay, uh, all right, man. How do you even respond to that? Like, obviously, we wanted to be like, hey, dude, you've kind of gone crazy, but, uh, you know, how do you reply to, like, you're lucky my mom was here, otherwise I'm an interdimensional multiple lifetime wizard that would have destroyed you? Like, oh, thank you for not destroying me? Like, I don't know, man, you're still threatening to destroy me. It's not like you're saying you didn't wish to destroy me, you know? If you are some interdimensional multiple lifetime wizard, then, like, you're insanely mad over literally nothing. But, of course, after he says that, he just turns and literally sprints as fast as he can over to his mom's car and hops in. And I mean literally sprinted, didn't even like lightly jog, which to me was weird, you know, because if someone's had multiple lifetimes of combat experience and led an army, I don't know why they would be like sprinting away from a bunch of kids that didn't want to fight and don't know how to fight. Even if we all wanted to jump in, bro, it would have been like the Wiggles trying to beat somebody up. It just wasn't going to go very well. I don't know about the Wiggles fighting people. Maybe it would go crazy. Like we did not want any beef in the first place. We were all cool until you started hissing at us. And even then only one of us decided to be petty. It wasn't like the whole group wanted any 
problems. Not to mention, dude, it's kind of cringe to go off about how tough you are, you know, and how you've had multiple lifetimes of army experience when you are also literally bringing, uh, being brought back to the skate park by your mom that you tried to swing on and she blocked you, which, uh, you know, super cringe for, like, someone that's apparently an immortal soldier. And on top of that, dude, like, you got brought back by her to apologize. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know many uh, interdimensional multiple lifetime soldiers that also apologize for, like, getting angry. You'd think they would just be like, ha you silly human, you do not understand which of that I know. Anyways, the car leaves at that point because he had sprinted over there and we're all standing there again and my friend, who had kind of got the skateboard thrown at him, like the guy who was really involved in this, looks at us and he goes, I'm not having a fever dream, right? Like, that all actually happened and everybody's just like, yeah, dude, I don't know what that was, but that was weird. Everybody was really confused too because we had never, like, seen any of these kids before. Not that we knew everybody that lived in our town, dude. Our town's a pretty big town, but, like, you know, we had kids from multiple schools there. Nobody said they looked familiar. Nobody knew who they were. All of a sudden, this group of kids pulls up, and they're like vampires. They come back. Apparently, they've been to multiple dimensions, dude, and nobody had ever, like, even heard of this before. Like, it was just all a very confusing situation. And to make it weirder, we were like, all right, well, maybe they just moved here or something. Like, if none of us know what school they go to or who they are, then, like, they must be new in town, you know? And obviously, we were like, in that case, then we've just got to be prepared for them to be seen more often. But I'm telling you, dude, I never saw this group of people ever again. I went to that skate park pretty often. Like I said, like not every day, but I was there often enough that like if they had moved to the area and were super into skating, I would have seen them at some point. And you know, I went to other skate parks too. Like I, I never saw it again. A group of emo kids all skating with their moms there to chaperone and it never was I uh, bearing witness to. So that makes me think it's possible that it was just some type of like a super deep cover alien interaction. They were testing their deep cover human suits, you know? Because if you think about it, that would be the only thing that would explain it being so weird is if it was just like a bunch of aliens that had come down to try to understand our culture. For some reason, they had got something confused and they thought that like hissing at each other was a way to try to be friendly, you know, and make friends. Meanwhile, we just thought it was weird and that's why like all this broke down, you know, their translator was broken. He meant to say, hello, how are you? But it came out like... <sighs> And the reason the kid got in so much trouble for throwing the skateboard was because, you know, like on their planet, throwing a skateboard is basically a challenge to the duel for the death and they were supposed to be undercover. So high key, my friend got lucky that he didn't pull out his vaporizer ray. You know what I'm saying? All jokes aside, I'm about like 85% sure that they weren't aliens. I do realize that that leaves 15% because you just never know. You know, I've seen uh, X-Files. It's out there. You never know what's out there. It could have been aliens for all you know. Technically, you can't confirm it wasn't. So 15%. That's what we're floating with. The guy who sent this into me is taking an entrepreneurship class in college, which, you know, comes with a, uh, a few rules. One, if you're in an entrepreneurship class, you have to accept that it's a class about making money. Even if you don't like making money, that's what this class is about. Not liking it is the equivalent of like being mad that a chemistry class is about science. And also, you just kind of have to have a somewhat positive attitude when it comes to like anything entrepreneurial because you're gonna fail a lot. There's gonna be a lot of people that are like, that's a dumb idea. So if you just hate everything and are very negative, it's probably not the path for you. It doesn't mean that you suck and there's not a path for you. It just means that this particular one might not be great for you. 
Either way, they get this assignment where they were going to have to like talk about a business plan and how they were going to achieve it. And the partner that the person that sent this into me gets assigned is a self-proclaimed emo that's like 35 years old. Which, listen, there's nothing wrong with liking quote-unquote emo things. Like, I had an emo phase. A lot of the bands that I listened to back then are still good. But I feel like if you're still calling yourself emo when you're 35, then, like, I, I don't know, something went wrong because you should like your life by this point. Nothing wrong with still liking that stuff, but you guys get what I'm saying. I, I just feel like going out of your way to be like, I'm emo when you're an adult is weird. The same way it's weird for someone to be like, uh, I'm a jock. It's like, dude, you're 57. There's, there's no athletics here. What are you talking about? Either way, this guy just refused to be positive. It was almost like they were actually allergic to saying anything positive or thinking positively whatsoever. Whenever he would try to, like, encourage his partner to do something for the assignment or try harder, he would literally reply and be like, Life is pointless. Why bother to do anything? And if that's your attitude, why do anything? Like, why even wipe? Life's pointless. Who, who cares? There's certain things that even if life has no meaning, you should just do. Like, you're gonna have to work. It's a part of living life. So you might as well just be good at it, you know? You're gonna have to do it 40 hours a week. You're gonna have to go to school or learn something. It's not like you're never gonna have to learn again. So just apply yourself and get it over with. But whatever. He just refused to think positively. He refused to do anything to really help himself. And on top of it, it wasn't like he was just negative about himself. He would crap on everyone else. And listen, there's not much you can do. If somebody just wants to be a Debbie Downer on themselves and say that everything sucks and there's no reason for them to try because none of it matters for them in the first place, it's annoying, but they're the person affecting themselves. But when you start crapping on everybody else for being positive and trying to bring them down, it's just not a good vibe. Whenever somebody would start talking about, like, a side business or something they were working on outside of class that they were excited about, he would crap on it and be like, why bother? Who cares? There's no point. You're probably going to fail anyways. Which is just a bad attitude, especially when someone's telling you about something they're excited about, you know? Somebody's like, man, I'm just so excited. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be excited because it's stupid. There's no point anyways. It's just depressing. And on top of it, if you're gonna hate people that are going, like, uh, to try to find something extra to do for money, I feel like an entrepreneurship course is not for you. I just feel like the type of people taking this course are definitely the type that have some type of side hustle always going. So if that really bothers you, you're probably annoyed all the time there. Anyways, as I said, the teacher assigns them a speech about something that they're passionate about, about work. It's very much supposed to be a speech about work. And the emo kid just groans like, I don't want to give a speech. Yeah, nobody wants to give a speech, but sometimes you get an assignment at work or in, in life or something that you don't want to do, but you're going to have to do it anyways. Not wanting to do schoolwork is pretty normal. Nobody wants to do schoolwork. It's not like you're unique for that. It's like the Toyota Camry of opinions. And the teacher doesn't really know how to respond to somebody saying that they don't want to give a speech because, like, it's your assignment. I don't know. Even though you don't want to do it, you have to do it. So the teacher just tells them, well, it's for a grade, so you don't have to do it, but you're not going to have a very good grade in the class, so you figure out if it's worth it to you or not. Well, I guess Mr. Emo doesn't like it because he starts going off about how apparently this teacher's assignment and the fact that she's going to make him give a speech is the reason that his life is so bad and the reason that his life has been falling apart. And I just feel like that's A, very dramatic considering it was assigned 20 seconds ago. So unless a bunch of things just went down in your life, it doesn't have any impact on anything going on. 
And on top of it, you don't have a lot of good reasons to be emo if one school assignment, like, shatters your entire world. I hate my life so much that, like, one school assignment pisses you off? Life can't be that bad if school assignments are still making you that angry. Your life is still good enough that one college assignment can ruin it. You gotta put that in perspective. There's literally people that don't have somewhere warm to sleep and you're angry about an assignment at college. Either way, the day of the speech comes and the entire time that they were preparing for the speech and getting ready to give the speech, he was just complaining, saying that this assignment was stupid and it was taking all the enjoyment out of his life and he couldn't believe the teacher would be so rude to assign something. That, that's how it works. People assign stuff in school, dude. I, I don't know what you expected your teacher to do. Just never assign you anything because it would kill the vibe. Anyways, like I said, the day comes for everybody to give their speech, and he gets up there and proceeds to blame every life problem on this class and this assignment. Keep in mind, man is in his mid-30s trying to blame every mistake that's ever happened on something that wasn't assigned till a week ago. And I'm talking about everything. He's blaming the fact that he hadn't had a job on this class. Somehow, it's, it's the fault of the assignment that only existed for a week that you haven't been able to have a job in 30 years. Everybody falls on hard times. Like, I hope you get a job, you know? But very clearly, there's some missing parts of your story if you think the assignment that existed for a week caused 30 years of unemployment. And then, out of nowhere, he just starts going on this rant about how when his parents split up when he was a kid, it was all this assignment's fault. Which, if you think blaming 30 years of unemployment on assignments that didn't exist until a week ago is weird, just wait till someone starts saying that somehow this professor's assignment from a week ago caused their parents to split up 25 years ago? And I'm not saying that doesn't suck. Like, once again, I'm sorry. I wish you didn't have to go through that. But I'm not understanding how any of these things are related at all. It's like, I'm mad at this assignment. Therefore, it is the reason anything goes wrong ever in my life. I will forever blame every single slight inconvenience. Every, every time I stub my toe, it's this assignment's fault. Either way, the teacher interrupts him and is like, Hey, you need to relax. This really isn't the point of the assignment. Everyone looks pretty uncomfortable. Please stop. And he starts screaming about how if he's not allowed to finish his speech, then he's never going to come back. He will never come back to the class again. And the teacher isn't really insanely afraid of that threat. It's not like this teacher's job is dependent on this one person coming back to the class. It was like a freshman-sized class in college, and those classes can get up to 100, 150 kids. If there's 150 kids in a class on day one, yeah, probably four or five will drop out over the course of a year. It's not like they're hell-bent on making sure everyone's there and on top of it. If they have to pick between you staying there and screaming at them and blaming literally every problem in your life on them and not listening, or you leaving, then they're probably gonna just ask you to leave. Like, why would they want to deal with that? This doesn't sound like something that would be fun to deal with. But when the teacher says, just go ahead and leave, they stand there and are like, what do you mean leave? And so the teacher says again, I mean, stop and leave. And the emo kid can't comprehend that they're actually telling him to leave. So he's like, but I'm speaking about my assignment. And the teacher has to outline it for him, literally spell it out for him, that this is an entrepreneurship class. None of these things are related at all. Everything you're blaming on the class didn't happen until well after everything you're talking about. 
And on top of it, yes, I'm going to give you assignments about giving speeches and having to talk because that's what comes with entrepreneurship. If you're going to have a business, eventually you're going to have to talk to someone about your business. So if all you're going to do is use this as a way to like blame me for all your problems, that's not the point and you're not understanding the class so you can leave. Well, this is what I want to speak about. And he rips his paper in half all dramatically and no one really does anything about his ripping his paper in half. I don't know if he thought that everyone was gonna be like, oh no, he ripped up his speech, but no one says anything. And so everyone's staring there all confused and the teacher just says again, just go, get out of here. And the emo kid looks at the teacher and as dramatically as humanly possible, almost like he's trying to get into a really bad production of a Shakespeare play. Your assignment ruined my life. And he storms out all dramatically, man. He really hit those high notes. He, he was just going above and beyond to make sure everyone knew that this assignment destroyed him. The professor walks to the front of the class after he storms out of there, though, and has a moment with the class and is like, I just genuinely need to know if the assignment was that bad. Because I don't want to give assignments to people if it's going to ruin their life. So if it's that bad, please tell me. And obviously it shows that the professor was never hell-bent on ruining their life in the first place because they were apologetic if that's what happened. And everyone tells them, like, no, we all kind of understood that at some point we were going to have to give a speech in an entrepreneurship class so no one else is mad at you. And everyone else gets up and proceeds to give normal speeches. Everything's fine. But as they're nearing the end of class, the door flies open. And the emo kid walks back in with the swagger of, like, Scar from The Lion King, as if everyone should just be slack-jawed that he's managed to come back. And he has a bullhorn with him, and the teacher says get out, and they just lift up the bullhorn and start screaming over the teacher, This class will make you a cog in the machine! Okay, alright, and he just keeps screaming that over and over and over. And I'm not going to say that being a cog in a machine is good, but I, I think at a certain point you have to realize that like you have to pick a machine to be a part of, whether it's working on a farm and like growing food, you know, or, or working as an accountant. Theoretically, all of these are a machine and there's no way to really live your life not being a cog in any quote unquote machine unless you just like really go live in a shack in the middle of the woods. But then even then... If you went to Home Depot and bought some wood, then you're a part of the machine, buddy. Y you put some money in the machine. Either way, if we did get rid of the machine, I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the cool stuff we have is because of, of the machine. Like, it's a mutually beneficial agreement, you know? We invented computers because of the machine, and now we play Overwatch on them. Either way, the class is just kind of standing there staring at him with no reaction, because they're not sure how they're supposed to react to that, and he's just screaming on a bullhorn. And when he realizes that they're not going to give him some super dramatic over-the-top reaction, it, like, makes him change his approach, and he starts yelling about a revolution and how they could overthrow the teacher, and nobody jumps out of their chair to partake in this revolution against something they're not mad about. And on top of it, let's say you guys do rebel against the teacher. You overthrow the teacher, you kick him out, you lock the classroom door, this is our classroom now. Do you think that the dean of the school is just going to let that slide? Oh, people just took over a classroom, whatever, we're going to let them pass. No, you're just all going to get expelled. So no one is jumping up and being like, yeah, this is such a good idea. 
and he yells something about how this was their last time to make friends with him, and next time they'll be enemies, and he storms back out of class. Now for the last time. He doesn't come back after this. And he does not come back to class again after that. Probably quit and went back to whatever he was doing before. But everyone was just so confused on A, why he freaked out in the first place, but also why he came back. Like, you clearly already embarrassed yourself, and then you left and thought, I should go get a bullhorn and go back and try to start a revolution. That, that just seems like the dumbest thing you could possibly think after everyone doesn't react to anything you say and you're asked to leave the class. Imagine this is how he actually plans on, like, running a business one day, you know? He's at the bank trying to get a loan, and they're like, what's your business plan? Well, either you give me a loan, or I will blame you for my mom hating me. It's your fault somehow. I don't think the bank's gonna roll with that. They're probably not gonna give you a loan to start your business. I, I don't know if people are gonna want a salesman that says if they don't buy from him, then it's their fault that his life sucks. People just don't really enjoy that an absolute ton. So just don't be like this guy. Don't try to start a rebellion and you'll probably be all right. All right, I'm gonna interrupt the video for one second. On screen now is a gift card code. I give one of these away in every video as a way to say thank you to you guys for subscribing, turning on notifications, all that good stuff. I really do appreciate that. If you already are subscribed with notifications on, then you're a legend, but if you haven't already, you should consider it, because, you know, I, I post videos regularly and I'm giving away money. Come on. So this next story time was sent in to me by someone that was at the skate park, and it wasn't like a very large skate park, and it just so happened that they only had one flat rail to skate on, which, for those of you that don't skate, it's like a rail that's not going down a ramp or down the stairs, it's just like a little rail on the ground, and it's the best way to learn tricks on a rail. There was only one, though, and there was this, like, emo-looking kid sitting on it, and he just was not really paying attention to anything, wasn't moving, wasn't skating it, just kind of sitting there. And because it was the only one, the person who sent this in to me thought it wouldn't be rude to go over and, like, very nicely ask if he could just skate it. And listen, it's not unusual for people to go to the skate park and sit in places that, like, you kind of need to skate, but it's more common for it to be, like, a box, the top of a quarter pipe. Just sitting on a flat rail is not very comfortable. I've never done it, but I'm going to assume it's not the most comfortable place to sit. So if anything, he thought he would be, like, doing the guy a favor because, oh, just go sit somewhere else, it'll be a lot comfier. So he skates up to the guy and he says, Hey man, that's the only rail in the skate park and I've been trying to learn a trick on it, so would it be okay if, like, you move so I could skate the rail? Which seems nice. I don't think that, like, anyone would really find a reason to get mad at that unless they were looking for a reason to get mad. Which just so happened to be exactly what Mr. Emo Dude was looking for. Like, his reaction, you could just tell he was waiting for something to piss him off and have something to get angry about. Are you really asking me to move right now, bro? Huh? Huh? Like, are you really gonna do that? And so the skater's reaction is just like, well, I, I guess you don't have to if you don't want to, but I just was asking if I could skate it. Oh, well, is your name on the rail? Is it? Last time I checked before I sat on it, there was no name on it. And he literally responds like, no, why would it be? And then he asks, like, why did you check the rail for a name before you sat on it? Not because he was trying to make him feel bad, he was just genuinely very confused why he would assume that anyone's name would be on the public skating equipment. And like, would that change anything? Hypothetically, if you jumped up and his name was there, were you gonna be like, oh, I'm so sorry and move right away? No, probably not. 
Regardless, emo guy's like, I'm not gonna move because it's not yours, so I don't have to. And the skater just says, okay, man, and skates away. He could just tell the guy was looking for trouble. He didn't feel like wasting the time at the skate park fighting with this guy. He was just gonna go skate something else. And the guy was just clearly, like, illogical. There was no way fighting was going to get anywhere. So he's going to skate away, wants nothing to do with him. But the guy gets up and starts walking after him, like, following him across the skate park, yelling after him, get back here, get back here. And at first he thought he was talking to somebody else, so he keeps skating and someone, like, points behind him. So he stops and turns around and he can see that the guy is, like, walking up to him. And so he puts his arms out in, like, a what-are-you-doing type of pose situation, and the emo guy just starts yelling at him, what, you're just gonna walk away? Like, you're just gonna walk away? And the skater just says, well, you weren't gonna move, so yeah, like, what, did you expect me to just sit there and stare at you? What did you want me to do? And the emo kid goes, well, you could fight me for it. Why would he want to fight you over this? This just does not seem worth fighting over. Like, there's certainly things in life that are worth fighting for, and I don't think this is one of those. And he can't believe that this guy wants to fight him over this, so he replies, like, yeah, I'm not gonna fight you over this. That would be really stupid. I'm just not that mad about it. And the emo kid starts trying to make him look bad and is like, oh, is it because you're scared? You're afraid that if you fight me, you're gonna lose? No, it has nothing to do with that. I just don't want to get in a fight over something stupid. And when he says that to the emo kid, then he starts trying to twist it into like, oh, you think I'm stupid? Very evidently, this guy just had some anger issues, wanted to go to the skate park and take his anger out on somebody. Like, something is not right about the way this guy's reacting to everything. He's literally trying to find a reason to be pissed off. So he starts walking up closer to the subscriber, and they're already relatively close, so it's very evident when he starts approaching him that it's not to be nice and, like, give him a handshake, you know? He's coming at him because he probably wants to punch him or fight him or something. And the skater says again, I don't want to fight you, dude. Like, please don't do this. I don't want to fight. And the emo kid picks his arms up into, like, the flexing position and goes, well, we're throwing down, so let's go. And so he puts his hands up and the subscriber takes a step back and is like, dude, just walk away. He's literally doing everything he can to avoid having to fight this guy because he doesn't want to. But he steps forward to swing at him and he's not going to let himself be hit. And the way he stepped forward, he like literally took a step. So the skater puts his feet down there and just trips him. And the way he trips him, it makes the guy, like, go into a face plant. And when you're falling in a, like, forward direction, the, the normal thing is to throw your hands out. And anybody, especially people that have skated for a long time, like, it just kind of becomes muscle memory when you start falling that you just use your hands to catch yourself so you don't smash your face on the ground. Well, this emo dude had apparently not spent a whole lot of time actually skating because he goes full face plant. And it wasn't like a light face plant. We're talking smack. And he gets up, holding his nose, trying to not let anyone see it. And is like, fine, skate the rail. I just, I don't care anyways. And he runs out of the skate park. And the skater's just sitting there confused, like, okay, I didn't mean to hurt him, but B. He was that adamant on fighting and was gonna be that bad at it? If you're gonna go to the skate park and try to find somebody to fight, you would think you'd have a little bit, like, more experience than literally beating yourself up when you fall over. He took himself out of the fight. 
He did go over and skate the rail after he left, though, just because he was like, well, it's open now. I I'm not sure what emo dude was up to, but definitely managed to embarrass himself. All right, the last story I've got for you guys today comes from somebody that drives for a certain ride-sharing company that, uh... There's only two. It's not like I need to specify them. There's like two that are large and they like their job. They enjoy it. But sometimes the customers get a little weird and scary. That's just the reality of working in the general public, though. I feel like if on a regular basis you're interacting with strangers, you'll find out pretty quickly. Most people are a little bit different than what you would expect. Either way, one day he goes to this, like, beautiful house and out walks this guy in full face paint, a trench coat, and hops in the car. And he's not gonna judge him, but he certainly was not used to people having, like, a trench coat, full goth face paint on, you know, the whole nines. And the guy immediately starts talking, and it's very off, because he says that he is the demon king, of which all demons report back to, and all demons are within his domain. And the Uber driver really doesn't know what to say to that. Like, that's the first thing he says to this guy when he gets in his car. It's not like on a daily basis as a Lyft driver, you're bumping into people claiming to be the kings of demons. So he just replies to him, oh, that's cool. That, that, that's great. You don't want to start pissing off the guy who thinks he's the demon king. But the demon king starts saying that he has thousands of souls on his conscience and there's very little he can do to clear it. And the driver, once again, not sure what to say, is like, wow, that sounds scary. Especially now that he's talking about having all these souls on his conscience. The last thing he wants to do is start trying to fight the Demon King, who's got all these souls on his conscience. Like, that, that doesn't sound like the type of person you want to argue with. But whatever, because the driver isn't freaking out, he's probably not used to people listening to him this long about being the Demon King or, or whatever he's got going on. So he just keeps talking and talking and apparently he can shapeshift into a snake so that way he can go spy on people because sometimes demons have to spy on people. Tracking makes perfect sense. And so the driver keeps engaging him enough to like not come off as rude, but it's not like he's trying to drag out the conversation either. He's very obviously just kind of giving polite one word answers. But the Demon King does not have time to worry about social cues. He's too busy running a demon empire. So they get to the destination and the Demon King gets out of the car and he goes like, Thank you so much for the ride. Because you were nice to me, I won't send demons on you. You will have safe passage tonight. And he's like, oh, okay, thank you. I, I didn't even realize that you cursing me with demons was on the table. I probably wouldn't have accepted the ride if I knew you were going to potentially curse me with demons. But whatever, he drove out of there very confused and like excited to not have to deal with that. But what was even funnier is the Demon King ended up giving him five stars, which means he got into his meeting, you know, he started talking to all the demons. All right, guys, we're causing a lot of terror. Oh, hold on. Let me go give my uh, driver a five star review real quick because he was awesome. Really listened to a lot of the work stuff I've wanted to get through this week. Great sounding board. Either way, just a very out there situation. That one's pretty funny to me. I'm sure you see a lot of weird people if you do like a job like that. On that note though, guys, be sure to press the like button. I really do appreciate it. It helps the video do better. And if you're going to take the time to like, you might as well comment. If you don't know what to comment, go ahead and comment the word emo down below if you enjoyed the video. And if you want to listen to these, but you like want to listen to an audio version, kind of like a podcast, I do post them as a podcast over on Spotify. I'll put the link down below. 
I'm working on getting it on Apple Podcasts too. They're just being a pain in the butt for some reason. Other than that, I went ahead and made a playlist with some of my favorite videos I've made recently. So if you're coming back for the first time in a while and you want to watch some videos, I'll put a link to that in the pinned comment. Feel free to check it out. But yeah, on that note, guys, that'll do it. Thank you all so much for watching. Get ready for the 12 Days of Scrubs coming up soon, and hopefully I will see each and every single one of you guys in another video. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. I'm out. Peace.